Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Wednesday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsham, Anthony Stalter. Jamie's back from the road. Yeah, baby. I'm glad you said Wednesday. Because yeah, I was I like, was, I yeah. had no idea what day it was. Yeah. Well, I was off yesterday, as you guys know. Thank you to uh, BT for filling in. Thank you to Katie Wu from The Athletic for filling in. I, uh, I, I was hanging out with the little guy, Lincoln. And I was listening I was to you guys. I too, you know. Yeah. Well, thank you. Nothing? Well, it's your show. Well, still. It's like a parent saying, hey, babysit the kid. You didn't babysit your kid. That's your kid. You don't babysit them. Sure you do. No, no, Jamie. No, it's not how it works. What? Yeah. Yeah, babysitters. You do that stuff for free? Yeah. Yeah, basically. You're the the father, Jamie. So well, eh, eh. you were babysitting. (laughs) It's either you or You were babysitting yesterday. (laughs) That's right. No, I wasn't babysitting. It's my kid. Oh, okay. Anyways. Okay, Jamie. (laughs) Enough of that. By the way, did you like uh, did you like the photo I sent you guys of Killian on? Yeah, that over was the incredible. We incredible. Did, we did the lights mm. outside, and, he did and uh, right. the kids the kids were helping out a lot. And at one point, Killian it was just Killian and I, and I was, you know, kind of wrapping things up. In the back. I, I I looked up there, and we have a little hill on top of the, the you know in the backyard. I look up, and there's uh, there's my man just. Doing his thing into the wind. Yep. Pants on the ground. Pants on the ground. <laughs> There's a field back there, so he just decided I'm not going inside. I captured the moment. It's perfect. It was great. Sent it to Jamie and Marsh, and I said, Jamie, here's your spirit animal right there. It was, He is my spirit animal. He's a funny dude. Hey, man. at what point, at what age is it not appropriate anymore to pull your pants down all the way to pee? Oh. Well, um, uh, hmm. yeah. You got to be careful where you do that, too. Mm, right. Yeah, you know, I I would say, I would say grade school. Once you get yeah. out of grade school, I think it. I, I think I, once I you start to get that. some turf on the field, you should probably <laughs> not be doing that. That makes sense, right? Yeah, like up until that point, it's still like, oh, it's uh, a kid, it's a kid, and then you look over and it's like, yeah, I ain't a kid. <laughs> yeah, nope, I ain't a kid. Nope. Grooming would help. <laughs> oh, Jamie. Anyways, um. <laughs> There's no easy transition here. The Blues lost last night <laughs> to the Minnesota Wilds. It's not funny. It's they not, losing is funny. Not, not the way they lost. Jamie, watching that game, I'm like, 
this could be worse. It, it could be better. It's, it's what Both it is. Both statements could be true. I mean, the first period, you had opportunities. You, you hit the crossbar on one. Yeah. You had a couple of open looks. Yeah. Could have had the lead after the first period. You also, in the second period, gave up some pretty blank shots there that either Bennington saved or Krug saved for you. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the Blues... In some respects, got got what they deserve when it comes to the defensive effort last night. Um, so I don't necessarily think it's the defensive effort. I would say it's more the offensive effort. Last night, specifically? Correct. Okay. There was not do, enough time. Do tell. Well, there was, well, in the first period was fine. I, I was okay with the first. Like, mm-hmm. you expect to push. From the wild, they got sure. the new head coach. And everybody's on their time. best behavior, and yeah, yeah, you yeah, know all yeah. that stuff. You get the second period, and you literally almost had no offensive time of possession. True, like none. And then yeah. when you got the puck, you went sideways with it instead of going forward. And the wild had like I think it was eight minutes of zone time in the second period. Like, come on, that's yeah. a lot. Might even been more. I just we lost count at one point, mm. <clears throat> and. Can't have that. You're defending pretty well because you were still only down by a goal. So you're defending okay, and your goaltender's playing very well. And so you get out of that second period, and you think, okay, one okay period, one not really good period. Let's rally. Mm -hmm. We're down by a goal in Minnesota. They're a team that has collapsed already this year at different times. Like, let's go. Didn't work out that way. No, not at all. Minnesota decided to play a full 60 minutes. I don't know who gave them the memo to do that because they haven't done it all year. New coach. New coach. You know, it's like the new teacher. Like, want to impress the teacher and get on their good side. Or the new boss. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, a lot of ass kissing going on. Yeah. You know? And, uh, but the Blues also didn't capitalize on their power play. Like, let's be honest. That's the worst penalty kill in the NHL, the Minnesota Wild. And the Blues power play in the first period, I was okay with it. They had some good looks, moving the puck around crisp, tape to tape. They had some set plays where yeah. it goes, you know, high to low, pop out, little one-timer. Pavel Muchnevich almost scores on one of those. Jake Neighbors gets an opportunity. You're like, okay, they're generating some offense here. Then the second period, I don't believe they had a power play, but in the third period, you get a four-minute power play. The poor Oscar Sundquist. The junkyard dog is what I've nicknamed him at this point. You ever see a junkyard dog, Anthony? Mm. You don't really know what kind of breed it is. Right. They're big. They're tough. They're mean. They're mean. They've been they've been beaten up in the cold and the rain. And like, they're just, you can't beat them. Mm-hmm. That's Oscar Sundquist. He's had a butt end in the face recently, a puck in the face, a stick in the face. Like, anything that could happen that's happened to him, that means you got to capitalize on your power play, though. Four minutes, and I said it on the broadcast last night. I said, you can't treat this like you have an eternity to score a goal. Yeah. Because what happens then is the power play kind of lulls itself to sleep. You feel really good about yourself. Hey, we're passing the puck around. This is great. Yay, bing, 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 bing. Meanwhile, the penalty kills like, go ahead, pass around all you want. Yeah. We don't have to kill anything. The, the clock is going away. There you go. Right. ahead. And the Blues just never penetrated to the inside to generate anything. In fact, they got one shot on net on a four-minute power play just can't happen mm-hmm. just can't like at some point even the guys on the ice have to realize we're three minutes into it let's say and we have one shot on net i'm just shooting it hey guys get to the front of that i'm just shooting it i'm right. not even gonna pass so i'm gonna shoot the puck and then we have to battle our asses off to retrieve the puck and then i'm gonna shoot the puck again yeah 
You have to do that. Yeah, you not shooting on on the power play is kind of like Auburn using a spy oh, on Jalen Milrow. Anthony. You're basically playing with ten guys at that point. Like you've given <sighs> up. You've given up an advantage. It's no longer eleven on eleven. It's it's ten on it's ten on eleven. You not shooting basically gives the advantage. It, it evens everything out because yeah. while they're a man down. It's not like you're pressing the issue. Well, you're not forcing them to react. To right. Them. So they're reacting to your passing, sure. But then they're not having to turn around and find pucks that have been shot on net. Right. And that's a bad feeling. I can tell you right now, as a defenseman who is who was a shot-blocking type defenseman, so like Middleton or Brodeen for the Wild, like they're going to front the puck. They're not afraid to eat it. But what about when the puck gets past you? You know there's a guy behind you. Now you're scramble mode. Now you're trying to find the puck. You're trying to pick up sticks, move bodies. The puck gets moved quickly. Let's say it goes back out to where you're supposed to be. Now you're scurrying back out there. That's how you create offense. When you don't shoot the puck, unfortunately, you can't create a whole bunch of offense. Right. And it made it easy for the Wild, and they end up, at one point, Brodeen blocks a shot from the point, although it wasn't on the penalty kill. It was even strength. Mm -hmm. But he makes a little kick save and fires a breakaway pass, and Matt Boldy, who hadn't scored in 10 games, decides to go bar down on you. Well, he's due, Jamie. He was due. He was. Well, especially when you've got a breakaway. Two Blues collide Ah. at center ice. Yeah, it was not great. No. It shouldn't have come to that anyways, the Blues. It it was a, a, a tough night. I'm not sure exactly why. The only thing that you can circle is that, oh, new coach, you know, amped up team. But I don't know, man. Yeah. I still feel like the Blues should have put the boots to the wild last night. You got to start doing that stuff. Yep. All right. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. 211, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. A reminder that tonight, Jamie Rivers and Donnie Fandango oh, baby. are going to be at the Twin Peaks out in Maplewood. Jamie, Donnie, special live taping of the Last Minute Blues podcast. Tonight, 6 to 8 at Twin Peaks in Maplewood. You can hang out with Donnie and Jamie from 6 to 7. Enjoy Twin Peaks selection of local craft beers. And, Jamie, you already know know about this. The handcrafted whiskey cocktails. Oh, baby. Yeah, and more. Then you can stick around 7 to 8 as the guys cover all the latest hockey news during a special live Last Minute Blues podcast taping. It's all happening tonight from 6 to 8 with Donnie and Jamie at the Twin Peaks out in Maplewood. Learn more at 101ESPN.com. Yeah, we're going to talk about local blues, like recent blues stuff, and then uh, Donnie's got a whole list of things he wants to cover. He wants to get into some Jamie story time and some other questions. Nice. So who knows what the heck's going to happen. Donnie's, I imagine uh, our boy Donnie, too, in a good mood. Uh, congratulations to him. He inked a yeah. two-year deal a with the point. A multi-year deal a multi-year contract wonder with, if uh, that puts us over the point. cap you know donnie um is worth it even if it uh even if it did you know so, yeah i'm willing to pay the luxury tax no doubt jamie no doubt especially for a guy like that okay craig berube is going to join us at 4 30 today so our weekly chat with the chief he'll be on with us uh 4 30 can't imagine that he was too happy after last night's performance but his ravens continue to look like the super bowl <laughs> super bowl team that jamie you and i thought they would be talk to him about that yeah you know yeah they didn't play last. Did, did the Blues play last Sunday night? Or was that because they were the, Anthony, the Ravens play the Chargers? You have no idea. Yeah, I don't you even don't know, know where what I am is. half the time. I'm not going to ask. I wake yep. up in a hotel. Yep, that's I have on to me. Look outside. This morning I woke up in my own bed, yeah. mind you. The hell am I? Exactly. Yeah. Where are we? Where, where are, are we? we? What are you talking about? St. Louis, the world, <laughs> the earth. All right. Um, 
We're going to get back into the blues at some point. We're also going to talk about just some of the weird teeth gnashing that I think are going on at, at, with, college, with college football. It's some old, it just It happens every year. Everybody's overthinking this with the college football playoff and who can get in and the scenarios, but we'll have some fun with that. But there was a report that Sonny Gray's contract is backloaded, so he's not making a ton this, this year. What does that mean for the Cardinals? Spend, baby. Does it? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Everybody's having a great Wednesday here in St. Louis. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Salter. At some point today, I will need to take three shots for losing in the Pick'em oh, Challenge. What are we drinking? Oh, no, 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 Jamie. I mean uh, shots from the airsoft gun as punishments for my oh. uh, dismal performance my last bad, week. My bad, Anthony. I thought we were celebrating something. No, well, we could celebrate. All we need is, is one more victory over the Rizzuto show in order to uh, claim the ultimate prize this year, which is them doing a photo shoot where we determine whether or not it's sexy enough. Or it's just we get to pick what they wear, right? Like I said, whether or not it's sexy enough. Yes. Yeah. And we know... What direction do you think we're going with that? <clears throat> I don't think we should... Oh, you know what? Actually, let's open it up to, to the people. Because our fans, yeah. our listeners... They should so, have a say in this. They should have a say in it. We appreciate you. And even uh, the, the, the weirdos that have been critical of us... We'd love to open it up to you, too. They like us. See, that's the thing about the weirdos. They like us, too. No doubt. They're just afraid to say it. But then when I see these weirdos in public, okay, they tell me, we really like your show. We listen every day. We like you guys, too. Thank you. And I'm like, oh... That's nice of you to say. It is. Anyway, so I will take the uh, the shots at some point. I got three coming to me. Um, they continue to say, by the way, that they're, they've got three wins. The math doesn't equal up. It, it's They don't. It's impossible. They don't. We have eight wins. They have yeah. two wins, and there's two ties. So it's just they can talk about the three wins all they want. It's not true. <sighs> so there, there are several reports, including one by John Becker who uh, does some, you know, roster stuff for uh, for fan graphs. He says that Sonny Gray, his contract is heavily backloaded and will pay him just $10 million in 2024, followed by $25 million and then $35 million. So this has led to some speculation by Cardinals fans what? that this year, this offseason, the Cardinals will continue to spend. I think that's one option. I think the other option is that we don't know what's going to happen with the Bally Sports Midwest situation, which obviously is the TV for the the TV network that supplies your Cardinals games. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy talk. Yeah. And we don't know. I am not Jamie works for Bally Sports Midwest, but he's he's not privy to that, you know, he that's a, that's above his pay grade I've in terms sworn of to secrecy. Like I said, Jamie doesn't know when it comes to... <laughs> he saw through that, huh? Yeah, right, yeah. Cool. Good job. So I, the only thing we could do is kind of speculate why the Cardinals would stagger the contract for Sonny Gray as is. My, my bringing up the Bally Sports Midwest situation 
is kind of a, for lack of a better word, a warning for those that think the Cardinals are going to spend some more this offseason. That may be the case, but they also might be looking at their financial situation saying, we're going to be better off next year and even better the following year when some of these other contracts come off the books. Why don't we why don't we backload it a little bit? Uh-huh. Not necessarily a mm, they're going to bring in so and so, Yamamoto or whoever. So what if it's a little bit of everything? What if it's a scenario where the Cardinals just told Sonny Gray, "Hey, listen, you're guaranteed this 75 million. Yeah. How we break it up doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter." But we do have the RSN deal with Bally's. We don't really know what's going on. So in the first year of contract, it'd be nice to have some flexibility there as an organization so that we can give you your 75 guaranteed at the end of all this. We may also be dipping our toes in the water via trade or maybe even free agency on another player, and it'd be nice to have that cushion as well to give you a better team, to give you more guys, yeah. more dudes. So maybe it's a little bit of all of that Mm -hmm. where they're like, you know what? Maybe we don't plan on spending it, but if we did, we could. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way I'd like to think about it. Sure. But it doesn't mean they're, doesn't mean they're absolutely um, committed to spending that money. It's just, it's nice to have that little bit of money if you want to. It's Mm kind of like Doug Armstrong. Now it's been tough in the last couple of years because the salary cap has stayed level. But when the salary cap was rising at a normal rate, he always liked to have that two or three million in in buffer zone mm-hmm. in case he wanted to add a player or something goes yeah, sideways, you know. So I'm trying to believe that that's what the Cardinals are doing is a little bit of all that. Sure. I also think we have to factor in, and I'll I'll get look I'll I'll get to I'll get to the counter, which is the the thing that I mostly believe in. But I'll I'll, I'll present this. Mo did mention at one point how they have to fi- factor in the finance finances when it comes to the ticket revenue. Last year, they didn't put the product on the fields, meaning you didn't you didn't go to the ballpark as consistently as you, you have in previous you still years. Got three million through the gate. You certainly did, but I wonder if this is part of that as well. If that's built in now, the counter to that is, what were you doing when the fans were going through the gates consistently? Oh, that's easy, Anthony. Uh, they were growing their bank account. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Which you're allowed to do. I mean, you're you're what? you're the owner. You can make a profit. Go for it. Right? No, you should go broke, giving me a damn winner. <laughs> and if you and if you do go broke and we still don't win, that's on you. Look at the Padres. Yeah, that's pick the right success. players. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I think there's a balance there. So there's again, there's there there could be multi, a multitude of reasons why the Cardinals decided to backload the contract of Sonny Gray at ten million this year, twenty five the next, and thirty five the following year. I hope it's to spend more this season. You still got a lot of work to do. When it comes to the starting rotation, you you need a top end guy. You need an ace. You spent seventy five million. You need it. How about this? You need you need a number one. You need to. uh, Jamie, I'd mentioned this the other day. The question is, for me, when you're looking at the rotation now, okay, what what's next this off season? If I'm Mo, I want to improve on all of those spots. That's my goal now. So can I improve on Gray? Can I improve on Michaelis? Can I improve on Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson and Steven Matz? Can I bump one of these guys to the bullpen? Can I make Sonny Gray my number two as opposed to my number one? That is my question moving forward here. You got a lot of nice luxury. You got a lot of time too with this offseason because you started so quickly. 
It's only going to come via trade, though, from my, from my perspective, is because even though if you backloaded Sonny Gray's contract, it's not like there's enough there to really go after an ace. But there is enough there if you offset it by moving some money out and sure. then bringing in that extra money. We get a question here on the uh, Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, just saying that BK argued that the TV deal had to do, if it had to do with this, they would have front-loaded the contract. No, no. Uh, Bally Sports paid out their bill last year to the Cardinals and have not committed to paying the bill for next year yet. So although they're still in a current contract with Bally's, although I'm not currently on the litigation team by any means, so full yeah. disclaimer, they the, the freight hasn't been paid yet for this coming season. So if you front-loaded the contract and the, all of a sudden the Bally's deal is not there, right? Uh, hmm, that could yeah. be uh, Not tough. great. Yeah. Marsh, you have a skeptical slash uh, fishy look on your face, I would say. Yeah, I think that they should uh, just stay pat with the starting pitching, go get Randy Rosarena. Did you see that, by the way? No. He's available. <laughs> the Rays have made Randy Rosarena available via trade. Yeah, they don't want to pay him. But he's got, till he, what, two more years? I think he's a UFA in 2027. So maybe he's not the great guy we thought he was. Oh, stop it. Well, but what else, what else would the reasoning be? Reunion! What if we did something like sending Matthew Liberatore to mm. the Rays for Randy Rose. The old Uno reverse card. Hey, <laughs> we've talked about this with dealing with the Rays. You call them, you ask who they want, yeah. and then you keep them and slash promote them, depending on where they are in the organization. If you're in AAA and the Rays want you, Would it matter, you, though, if you got a Rosarena? Yes. Who would you not part with for a Rosarena? Anybody the Rays say. Okay, stop. They know let, what they're doing. So let's change the conversation. Okay. Eliminate that. Yeah. Who would you part with? For Rosarina? Yeah. Because he, Andrew, our good friend here with the new haircut, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. suggested, he said, would you trade Gorman for a Rosarina? I said no, no originally. No. I'm not trading Gorman. And I've, I've been steadfast on this. I'm not trading a young left-handed power bat. What's the, Col- what, what's the Colton Pareko statement? Yep. As soon as you trade Colton Pareko, you're going to be searching for somebody with the Colton Pareko skill set. I'm not trading Gorman this year. I realize the back injury. That's my risk. That's the Colton risk. Colton Pareko had a bad back there last year and the year before, too. Uh, there you go. How's he doing now? I, I'm not saying it's not a concern, but you have it, it's the It's a myth that we all like to play or we all like to use when it comes to there's there's ultimately no risk somewhere. There's always risk with a player. He doesn't develop. He ain't worth the money. Injuries. I realize the risk with Gorman is that he'll continue to have back injuries. So why not trade him now? No, he's a young left-handed power bat. So who would I get? Who would I part with with for a Rosarina? Like, get, what's your puke point? Because I'm trying to I'm him? trying to compete. How, right? how bad do you need him? Is he automatically your best outfielder immediately? Yes. The numbers would say that Lars Newtbar is probably still your best. I'm not giving up Newt. I want to see that outfield of a Rosarina, Newt, uh-huh. and then... Jordan Walker? Jordan. I'd, I'd so rather have Jordan Walker as my DH. Well, he's a Randall, Randy Rosarina. Well, of course. Yeah, for sure. But, absolutely. But at what cost? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, let's be honest. They're not getting in. No, of course not. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Let's play Are You Sold next.
Are you sold here on 101 ESPN? The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber gas or charcoal grill and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Salter. Here's Andrew Marshall with a little Are You Sold? All right, gentlemen, let's start off with some Cardinals. Baseball, are you sold on Steven Matz being in the starting rotation to start the 2024 season? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not sold on him. I'm not I'm not sold on him being in the starting rotation. He might be. But, Jamie, I, I wonder if they're trying to get one more pitcher Probably via trade. You had mentioned this before. I can't see them signing four pitchers, four starters. That'd be a lot. But I could see them trading for one, or maybe Zach Thompson or one of these other internal options is so good in spring training that Steven Matz goes to the bullpen. Well, I think as it sits right now, Steven Matz would go to my bullpen anyways. Here's why. Is his ceiling higher than Zach Thompson right now? Yes, we saw that for, yeah. for a small, I mean, a sample size. Steven Matz was really good. Mm-hmm. Problem is, it's been two years that you've been waiting for a sample size of really good. Yeah, a larger sample size. Right, really yeah. right. And so Zach Thompson, although they barely let him pitch past four innings and then they got crazy and let him pitch five innings a couple times. Got dr- somebody got drunk. Yeah. Forgot the innings. Even though they did that, he was still available every fifth day. Yeah. Steven Matz hasn't been for two years straight. So for me, I'd rather take the young guy who's probably pretty darn close to Steven Matz, lefty, everything that you're looking for, and continue to grow and develop that player while putting Steven Matz in the bullpen. I know it's $44 million you're putting in the bullpen, but do you want to put it on the bump and just go pay $44 million for a guy that's on the IR or $44 million to... Well, I don't know, a crapshoot? Because I have no idea what's coming out of his hand every time he pitches. Yeah, either way, that 44 mil has already been spent. It has. So so I, I think that it's not automatic that Steven Matz has a spot, so I'm not sold on that at all. In fact, right now, if I'm the Cardinal, I'd be leaning towards Zach Thompson getting that spot before Steven Matz. Tough one here. Are you sold on Jordan Cairo finishing out his contract with the Blues? Well, look, eight years is a long time for any player. And it's a long time when you're a goal scorer that has to continue to produce because 
Goal scorers that make the eight million have a pretty well-rounded game too. Like not all perfect. They're not the greatest 200-foot players, but they're solid. So Jordan Kyrou is going to have to continue to develop and evolve as a 200-foot player because the scoring at one point may not be there. And so far this year, it hasn't really been there. So am I sold he finishes his contract here? I'm not sold on anybody ever finishing an eight-year deal. I'm not sold either. Eight years, is, as Jamie just noted, eight years is a long time. So I'll just play the odds on this one and say that he doesn't finish the contract here. He's He's dealt at some point. I don't think that's necessarily a knock at it, like a skill set or skill set deteriorating. I just, again, I, I think that that's a, that's a long time to commit that much money to for the course of a play. And I think as he gets older, the contracts will look a little bit better or more attractive to teams that might view him just as a goal scorer. Plus, we don't even know what this team's going to look like at the end of his contract. I mean, right. this team could be not in a playoff spot so then they end up trading him yeah you might be selling off reason. like you did with o'reilly and tarasenko yeah. and things like that all right this one comes from the 314 are you sold that georgia is eliminated if they lose close to alabama we're gonna spend some time on this i i was listening to beetle and decker coming coming in or i don't know where the hell is drafted maybe the mac my mac um and decker was talking about yeah, that, I mean, it's 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 that easy. You just you eliminate Georgia if they lose Alabama. No, it's not. I don't know if it's that easy. <laughs> what are you talking about? You just eliminate. You just eliminate them. You don't you don't consider that they were one of the best teams in the nation. Twenty nine games in a row. Yeah, you just they're done. Why? Because they don't have a conference championship. If that's the case, then why don't you put Tulane in? Because Tulane will probably have a con- conference championship. Why wouldn't you put them in? Because of their opponents, right? So if you if you're factoring that in and you factor Georgia who who Georgia has beaten this year, I think they there's a there's a chance that they would still be in, despite Alabama winning. It's gonna get crazy, man. And I know we're gonna dive into this and for sure, but you still have Oregon and Washington. So if Oregon beats Washington, uh, Washington and Oregon and Alabama and possibly Georgia, if we're talking this now, all have one losses. Right. One loss rather. Yep. Like. How do you then? How do you split the hairs properly there? Because mm-hmm. it gets muddied. Yeah, Oregon would have one loss. Yep. Bama would have one loss. So would Texas, Washington. So, so would, would Washington. Yep. Everybody except for Florida State, if they get through Louisville, Ohio State. Although I think they're they should be eliminated. That one, that one to me is a, is a layup. Ohio State would only have one loss too, and they're still ranked six. And they lost to the second best team in the nation. Right. Yeah, we'll definitely get into this. It's but so confusing, Anthony. Spoiler alert. For me, why is Ohio State ranked above Texas? Yeah. We'll get into it, though. I think this is a fair question. I think it's just because they lost one game and to the second-best team in the nation. Yeah. From the 618, are you sold that Justin Fields is not the guy in Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sold that he's are not you? the guy in Chicago. I don't know what the hell is going on in Chicago. The coach is terrible. The GM is terrible. The quarterback appears to be somewhat terrible. I don't know. It's a disaster. He can't read defenses. You watch that game. I mean, Marsh, you, you watched every down of that game he on put Monday up, Unfortunately. He put up nine points or 12 points, Anthony. It's a hell of a performance. They didn't even score a touchdown. His defense gave him four turnovers. 
he can't read a defense. This is this is why he bails. This is why he bails almost every snap. And a lot of people were asking, why did they throw so many screen passes? Right. Why did they throw so many screen passes? Why did, they, why did they have this guy throw sideways 15, 16 times? I don't know, but if you had the over for uh, DJ Moore receptions. Oh, that one. That man, one cashed. That yeah. cashed in like the first two drives. Credit credit Justin Fields for making the one big throw when he needed to. He said that 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 laser throw to DJ Moore who was uncovered. I don't know how that <laughs> happened, but... Eh. No, no, I'm not sold on well, Justin what's Fields. What's the difference right? between Justin Fields throwing 15 yards that way or 15 yards sideways? A lot, Jamie. A lot. It's still 15 yards, man. Yeah. He still hit his target, no? True. Man, yeah. he, he would have been a good quarterback for the first two weeks of the Mizzou season. <laughs> he would have. He would have fit right in. And then they would have had to cut him or bench him Yeah, because they wanted to throw the ball vertically. Well, they didn't open up the playbook. Yeah. Uh, last one here. Are you sold on the front office being able to clear the outfield log jam heading into spring training? Oh, no. No. <laughs> yeah, Not how at can all. We be? How can they? We still have infielders that can play the Bingo. outfield. <laughs> Bingo. I was driving. Uh, I was listening to the morning, the morning show, and they were talking about Newt. And they and Randy and Carrie and Brooke were saying, yeah, Newt would, Newt would look good in center field. I literally said in, the, in my car, I go, why? He's not an infielder, you know? Oh, not yet. Maybe they convert Maybe him at some point. Maybe he's second base, sure. you know? Never know. No, I don't think they're going to solve that log jam in the outfields, given how many bodies they have. They like that versatility. They sure do. Yeah. All right. Uh, I was I, I was tuned in yesterday. You guys were, uh, somebody's criticizing me that I, I hyped up Joshua Dobbs. And now he stinks. No, we said other things, too. I know you did. Yeah. And you guys were very critical. Marsh was upset. And, Jamie, I thought thought you had my back on this. I appreciate you. Yeah, he had it coming. Yeah. You you double, tripled, quadrupled down on the Joshua Dobbs jokes after he walked off that plane and onto the field at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and beat my Falcons. You had a lot of jokes. And then I, I put the Vikings in my Stalter stack up. <laughs> What number, Anthony? Number 10. <laughs> and you, Marsh. Yeah. You didn't do the Stalter stack up last week, did you? Well, you know, it was a short week. Oh. You know, so the we, had Vikings... a lot of, we had a lot of signings. We had other stuff going on, so, you know, more important things than, you know, oh, keeping the, so technically, the Vikings at 10. Well, I know they're not in the top 10 now because so, they shouldn't be. Oh, so technically, technically <laughs> they were still the 10th team last time I did the, the Stalter stack. So that loss was on you, Marsh. Damn it. I do have a new top ten oh, team, and it is it is controversial. It doesn't even matter. I have a buy this week. It's very controversial. That's I why. Leave them there. That's why I'm leaving. <laughs> well, no, it's a buy. I just want to reevaluate that Monday night performance. I think there was a lot to like, despite the four turnovers and the loss oh, to a no. bad team. Stalter stack up next. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. <laughs> It's time for the Stalter Stack-Up. The top 10 teams in the NFL from the mind of Anthony Stalter. All right, just a heads up on this. Uh, I know everybody's waiting for my number 10 selection, my number 10 slot, Uh because that has become kind of controversial. 
It will be again today. Do you think uh, fans listening right now are just praying that their favorite team is not number 10? 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, for those that don't know, the team that I have placed in my my uh, Stalter stack up at number 10 has, has lost that week. And there's been some pretty grisly losses. When I had the Vikings, that was when they lost to... Denver. The Broncos, who, you know, they've gotten better. But then Marsh didn't do the Stalter stack up last week, so the Vikings were technically still number 10, and they lost to the Bears. I had the Texans at one point when they lost to the Panthers mm. at number 10. The Bills lost to the Broncos. Yeah, your number 10 is like the Black Rose. It certainly is. You get one of those, it's all over. Yep. Grim, Grim Reaper's going to stop by. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, since everybody's waiting for number 10, let's get to number 1. Okay. Number one. Got to be the Eagles. Got to be the Eagles. I don't. I actually have the 49ers winning this week in Philadelphia, but I'm not going to do the thing where uh, I put the 49ers one, anticipating that they're going to win. The Eagles deserve it. The Eagles went into Arrowhead. Should have lost, didn't. Found a way to win. Last week should have lost against the Bills at home. Found a way to win. That's all they've done since since day one. They, they have the one of the best rosters, top to bottom in the league. And... I know a lot of people are saying, well, what about Dak Prescott for MVP or uh, Travis Kelsey or, or not Travis Kelsey, excuse me, Patrick Mahomes. You know, Jalen Hurts, I think, is the MVP leader at this point with the way that he's playing. He's been remarkable. So Eagles, number one. Number two. I got the Chiefs, too. When they were down 14-0 to the Raiders, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have the 49ers, number two, or the Ravens up, uh, up over the Chiefs. But they came roaring back. The second half has been a problem all season long for Kansas City. But Sunday, they, they flipped the script. I This is one of those teams where you just know eventually the offense is going to figure it out. They're going to start humming. And with the way that they played in the second half against the Raiders, really the second quarter on, I think this offense is coming around. The defense has been good since week one. So Chiefs, Chiefs at number two. Number three. I got the 49ers number three. They had their little spell in the middle of the season, but that was without Debo Samuel. At one point, uh, Christian McCaffrey didn't, you know, he was banged up against the, the Browns. He had left that game, too. So they had a little issue. When they're healthy, they're one of the best teams in the league. It's why Jamie and I have them as the NFC representative this year in the Super Bowl. So I got the Niners at number three. Big game this weekend at Lincoln Financial. Number four. This is where I have the AFC representative for Jamie and I. Oh, boy. The Ravens. The, Ra- the Ravens. You can't forget about Chief, too. Yeah, and Chief as well, of course. Yeah. yeah. The Ravens are physical. They play great defense. They've got, you know, uh, an element offensively, obviously with Lamar, but Zay, Zay Flowers, who scored the, the touchdown to put him up, uh, put the game away against the Chargers on Sunday. I, I really like Mitchell, their rookie back. I didn't realize that that is Anthony Mitchell's son who played with the Ravens. I didn't know that either. Early in 2000. I remember I remember watching him. He's, he's explosive. Gus Edwards is good between the tackles. Losing... Losing Mark Andrews hurts, but if, if you if you watched Isaiah Likely on Sunday night, Likely's got a lot of athleticism. He's a good player. Uh, a little better than people what? think. It's one of my favorites. I, one of mine as well, Isaiah Likely. Uh, so the Ravens, number four. Five. Okay, the Dolphins, number five. Took care of business last week. How about the play right before half? The Hail Mary. Tim Boyle puts one up on that Black Friday game against the, uh, the Dolphins, Dolphins and Jets, and the Dolphins return it. 99-something-odd yards. Four touchdowns. So fitting. It, 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 fit, it is fit the Jets season. How is that guy in the NFL? And how is he a starting quarterback? Well, 
Well, when you, you see the other option. When Aaron Rodgers is hurt and Zach Wilson is, you know, doing his thing, Tim Boyle winds up looking pretty good. They should have option. never gotten rid of Smitty. No, they you're, shouldn't You're have. right. Yeah. The guy's a pillar. Yep, he certainly was. What's his last name again? Uh, Mike White. Yeah, Smitty. Yeah, Smitty. <laughs> Jamie called him Mike Smith at one point or something. I, I just started calling him Smitty because I thought his last name was Smith. Yes. Yeah. And you guys look, you like went with it for like two weeks, and you're like, who the hell is Smitty? <laughs> I love it. Uh, but Dolphins, number five, I don't think they, they, they still haven't beaten a team with a winning record, but they, they're fun. They're fun to watch, and that, again, that defense has looked better. Did you see, real quick, I'll make this fast, mm-hmm. did you see Mike McDaniel on the sidelines against the Bills? Oh, yeah, he was chirping at the fans. The fans, Bill's Mafia's just giving it to him yeah. about standing in front of the heater, you know? And, you know, him, he's like, I'm cold. <laughs> he waits and he turns around and goes, and winning. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it was unbelievable. He's great. He is great. Uh, so, Dolphins, number five. Number six. I got how, how about them Cowboys? Yeah. The, the Cowboys haven't played anybody, really. They haven't, but. If, if this was like the BCS era, the Cowboys would fare pretty well because the, who they do beat, they crush them. 45-10 to 10 against Washington on Thanksgiving. 33-10 to 10 last week against Carolina. 49-17 against the Giants. Really uh, you know, hard, hard-fought loss, I guess, against Philadelphia. A game that they, they could have won, maybe even should have won. Um, but the only reason I have them at six at this point, again, they, they, they haven't beaten anybody. Uh, they're, they're like Miami, and I think Miami's just a, a better team at this point. They haven't really beaten anybody. They they got challenged by the 49ers. Lost 42 to 10. They went to Philly, played well, but lost 20, still lost 28 to 23. So at some point maybe the Cowboys find find them their way up, but I got I got them at 6 at this point. Number 7, thank you. I got the Jaguars. I liked Houston last Sunday. I thought they would win. Maybe they should have. CJ Stroud, I thought I thought there was more times than ever that he looked kind of like a rookie. But credit Jacksonville for getting it done. You know, they had the ugly loss against the 49ers, 34 to 3. But since that point, they they hung 34 on Tennessee and took care of business in Houston last week, winning 24 to 21. I think the Jaguars are a top 10 team. I think that they're, quite frankly, they're kind of flying under the radar. They have all the elements to be really good. And if you look at Miami and say they've got flaws, or Baltimore, or Kansas City, they have flaws. Jacksonville, again, kind of flying under the radar. I think they're they're more of a contender than people are talking about. So I got Jacksonville at seven. Number eight. I had to drop Jamie's Lions down for the Thanksgiving performance. Jared, yeah. Jared Goff has looked terrible the last two weeks. He's been a turnover machine. Won the game against the Bears because they're the Bears. But last week, Jordan Love outplayed him. Jordan Love outplayed Goff. The Packers outplayed Goff him thoroughly. Not good. He, the last two weeks, I mean, he's, yeah. again, he's been a turnover machine. But yeah. they're still a top team. I got him at eight. Number nine. The, the real controversy is coming up at ten, but I got the Bills at number nine, even though they're six and six. You can't tell me that that team is not still a playoff contender, a legit playoff contender, with the way that they played in Philadelphia. Should have won that game. They're in control. I know Josh Allen threw the one interception that kind of got the Eagles back in the game. But otherwise, he was outstanding on third down. He was outstanding when, when they when they absolutely needed him to be. And he was, you know, playing in a driving rainstorm against a team that went to the Super Bowl last year and, and, and had every opportunity to win it. So the Bills to me are still a top ten team despite the the record. Oof. Number ten. This one again, this is gonna be controversial. But there's some news that came out earlier today that gave me a lot of hope that this team's going to turn it around in the final 
two months here. Talking about one of the best defenses in the league. One of the better young running backs in Brees Hall. No. Garrett Wilson. I got the New York Jets at number 10. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like They're I said, four and seven. Yeah. I don't care what witchcraft. Aaron Rodgers, boys. Aaron Rodgers is is back. No, he's he's practicing this week. No, he's not. The Jets are playing the Falcons. <laughs> Got to put the Jets in the top That's... ten. Oh, you're a menace to you're society. Te- you telling me that defense isn't one of the one of the best in the league? You are sick and twisted. The Jets are winning this week. Just because you're number the Jets 10 are winning pick, this week. Now that doesn't work this way, by the way. It doesn't work this way. You can do it to damage other people. The yeah. number 10, you can't use it to benefit yourself. What? Watch what happens. The Falcons are going to win 44 to 10 this week. Watch this. You brought this on. You mean the Jets? The Jets are going to win. Yeah, I'm that's hope, it. I'm hoping the Falcons win 44 nah, to 10. Yeah. So you know what, Anthony? Brain damage is real, okay? Yeah, I think you, I'm glad you find it funny. No, I believe it. I believe in this team. I saw a lot on no. Black Friday. I knew you were, con- you, you were dialing something up. You said the Jets. I go, hmm, I wonder who they're playing this week. Guys, I'm offended that you think that I'm using the Stalter stack on number 10 pick as, as some sort of benefit to me. This is crap. One thing to use it with vengeance. Uh-huh. It's another thing to use it to try and benefit yeah, yourself. That's worse. That's disgusting. This is going to blow up in your face. Oh, you like the Steelers? You like to, do you think the Steelers are a good team? Or the Browns? What about the Broncos? I'm afraid they're, to hey, put a team there. They're moving up, but I can't put them ahead of the Jets. The Jets beat the Broncos, so. <laughs> you are unbelievable. <laughs> this is the TSN turning point for your Falcons. Yes, it is. You invested in the Blues this year. BK and Ferrari had that discussion. We want to open it up to you, uh, mic drop-wise. Are you invested this year? Or do you feel like there's there, there's something lacking when it comes to maybe the the the, the, the style of play or the star power? We're Jamie's, playoff team right now. They are a playoff team. They're on right. So we know Jamie's invested. Are you? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. to be honest with you man it's hard for me to connect with them like i'm watching the games i've got them on but yesterday i started out i had the double screens going right i've got on the big screen i had the blues game and on my phone i had the the mizzou game as i was sitting with baby luca and by the end of the first period i was like i think it's time to switch up this format here i'm gonna go big screen mizzou small screen blues and i've felt myself kind of going that direction most of the year especially recently I don't feel emotionally invested to this team, and I can't put my finger on why that is. That was Brandon Kylie on BK and Ferrario Sounds earlier like a today. You problem, BK. Oh wow. Okay, Jamie, just jumping right into it. Uh, what do you think? What do you think about the comments? Well, I guess where I go with this is, so the team has to win a Stanley Cup for you to be connected to it. Like it's nice. It was fun. It was great. But that's the standard. Because the Blues have missed the playoffs once in the last, what, five years, six years? And before, like, they've had a string of being a very competitive team. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you can't connect to a team that is fighting back from a 
bad season last year. Is every game perfect? No, it's not. We just talked about it earlier. Last game was not good. The effort wasn't there. The execution wasn't there. And those moments are going to happen, though. So I, I guess it's not so much if you connect with this team. What were, the, what were your expectations to begin with? Right. Like, if, you're, if your expectations were to win the Western Conference, then you're probably not connected to this team. Mm-hmm. But if you're—and I know BK and Ferrario, uh, I think I could go back to where BK said that they'd struggle to be a playoff team. If that's true, then they're in the playoffs right now. So how are you struggling to connect with this team just because they have inconsistent games? It's just like any team that's trying to refine their way. Sure. So my my question then would be, is it not that? Is it more just like the style? Stylistically, are you not invested? Do you not think that they're, you know, a team that that is maybe that's that's what I but almost again, took you got to tell me what you were expecting. You can't just right. say. I don't know if I'm invested, but but what was your initial like mm. draw to the team? Like right. if it was goal scoring, then early on probably didn't feel a connection. If it was solid defense early on, you did have a connection. If it was a bunch of fights, probably not going to have a connection to this team. Mm-hmm. If it's good goaltending, you probably do have a connection to this team. Right. So for me, it's all personal taste. Yeah. And what you're looking for. See, for me, my expectation was that they're they're honestly they're they're meeting my expectation. I thought they were going to be inconsistent, but I at the end of the year, they're going to be a team that's in the in the playoffs. They're not going to be a team that makes a deep run. That wasn't my expectation, but my expectation was, yeah, they're going to kind of figure it out as the season wears on. Nothing has surprised me thus far about about this year. I think for me, they're just not compelling, and I can't trust them right now when it comes to what they're going to do each game. One game, they look like a great team, but until they start stringing together multiple 60-minute games where they're playing their best hockey, or it doesn't even need to be their best hockey, but hockey that that we've seen in the, in them do early in the season just to be a little bit more consistent. And I also think for me, there's a lot of other outside things that are going on that just have sort of grabbed my attention more than the blues right now. I know BK alluded to watching Mizzou. That's something that he's interested in. You know, if it's uh, on the but weekend. But that was something he was interested in to begin with. No, for sure. But if, if there's like a, a game on the weekend, am I going to be fully tuned into the blues or am I going to be watching college football? Am I going to be watching the NFL? You know, yeah. there's just some things. Yeah, your interests that, are split right now. For sure. So I think if we're talking small screen, big screen, I think right now the blues are on my small screen. Yeah, but I don't disagree with that. But you're you're comparing it to college football coming down to the wire, bowl games, playoff implications. But for me, college, and this is just my personal opinion, college football has never been over blues hockey. I've always been fully invested in blues hockey i'm just not right now and so i don't then, i don't know if it's because of the the lack of star power on the team or what it is i like bk i don't really know what it is but i just know how i feel and right now i'm not feeling like this is a team that i'm fully invested in but that that could change obviously as the season progresses but what was your expectations coming into the season because i feel like if you weren't invested before the season knowing the roster you're probably not going to be invested now cuz nothing changed i was i was invested in the blues and so it, what changed what changed is the is the inconsistency but did you expect it to be different i expected them to play a little bit better 
But you did? again, but so being in a playoff spot, twenty-one games into the season, you expected that. I mean, Army laid it out. He thinks that this team can be a, a third-place team, and we've seen good hockey at points in the season. I think, at least for me, recently the loss against the Sharks has really sort of put a damper on how I feel about this team. And the way, and again, last night, a team that you should beat in Minnesota, they've been terrible. Like you, those are games that that you need to win, in my opinion. I I, I think for me, it, it's not so much on expectations as much as it, as it is just a feeling that I have that this team is not one that I'm emotionally invested in right now. Well, let's hear from you. Let's uh, let, we asked for your mic drops on this. Brend, Brendan left us a mic drop. What does he have to say? You know, guys, and I'm, I'm sorry, Jamie, but the Blues this year, as BK alluded to earlier today, um, have been given the small screen treatment this year. Until they can prove to me that they can go out there on a consistent basis and put up some scoring from the, the young studs that we're supposed to have on this team, Kairu Thomas, they're going to be getting on the small screen, the iPhone, while Mizzou... Um, and other teams that you know are worth watching are on the uh, the sixty five inch. Okay, so the the more the more I hear, then the more I'm thinking that this is this is a Mizzou thing. That people people are they were invested in Mizzou because Mizzou was what they're having a good season. They have been having a good season. So to Jamie's point, if it comes down to a November Blues game in the middle of a week, or you know, Mizzou playing on a Black Friday or uh, an early season Saturday game for the Blues compared to Mizzou taking on Tennessee, you're going to be more apt to go to the, the Mizzou game. I, I, I get that. It is toward the end of college football right now. Are you going to have the Blues play on Saturday? Do we know? On the road. They're on the road on Saturday? Yeah. So you have an absolutely loaded college football Saturday with all the championship games. You've got the Pac-12 championship game on Friday night, but everything else plays on Saturday. I would have the Blues on the small small screen too in that that case. The game is is there's there's more there's more importance at this point in the college season if you're a college football fan than there is in a Saturday game for the Blues, you know, in early December. I think this would be interesting the more that the, the season wears on and the, the more we get away from the football season. Yeah, and I also feel like some people's expectations may have been blown up. Because when I look at this team right now, this team is kind of what I thought it would be with the possibility of playing better. So when you look at this team right now, is it, you know, is it a team that's compelling every single night? No. No, but that's what the coach is telling you that, too. He needs a more consistent effort out of this team. Like, Craig Brewer's not lying to you when he's talking through the media. The players aren't lying to you when they say, we got to execute better, we got to do this more. They're not. This is a team that's playing exactly where they kind of should be. Now imagine, just imagine, if they had an actual power play that did damage. They don't currently. But if they did, they could potentially have two or three more wins right now. It would catapult them into third place in division. Where did Army say they'd be? Third place. Third place. So, you see what I'm saying? It's not that far off. And I'm not sitting here just defending the Blues. And, you know, some text messages are like, oh, you, oh I just, whatever, defend. 
I'm being completely honest with you. And if the players were sitting here right now, I'd say the same thing. You guys know that it hasn't been good enough. The expectations are higher. Now, is it realistic to set expectations to a certain height knowing that maybe this team can't get there? Then that's on you, the fan. And if you're that kind of a fan, you should be bought in anyways. Mm-hmm. Like if you're blurred by your blues colored glasses and you think that this team's a number one team and now you're disappointed, well, that's on you. Yeah. If you're realistic coming into the season saying, hey, man, I would settle for a damn playoff spot because last year stunk. I didn't like being out of the playoffs two months before the friggin' thing was over. Then this is compelling to you. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe there's some, some carryover from what we saw in the summer from the Cardinals. Where yeah, Cardinals fault? Maybe I mean maybe it is, yeah, and we Cardinals. you know we can't really statistically, <laughs> you know, say oh, okay this is the Cardinals fault. But like watching them this past summer, if you know giving up four runs or five runs in the first inning, I'm like, nah, I'm good. I don't need to. I don't need to watch the rest of this. I know the outcome of this. When the Blues go down two nothing early in the game, you know. Most likely, they're not coming back because yeah. they have not shown Correct. that this year, and mm-hmm. that is that's that's stats right there, the analytics, right? So I feel like maybe you're tuned in for a little bit of the game, but once it gets to a point where you're like, this team hasn't shown me that they can com- that yeah. they can come back, I'm probably either going to turn it off or I'm going to put it on the small screen. I'm splitting hairs here, but I, I don't think that invested is the right word. I think compelling is the right word. Are, are mm-hmm. they compelling right now? No, probably not. Could, could they be compelling the, the more that the season wears on? Yeah, I do. I think that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in you know, Invested is like, oh, you know, no matter what. And yeah. I, I don't think they're necessarily as compelling now. But I, th- I think a win streak helps that for a sure. Winning, a win streak. Would, winning is a cure-all. For everything. You remember when the, the Cardinals went on their 17-game winning streak? That entire year was like, oh, God. Right, like, and it didn't matter who was. That that was that was in the midst of college football, too, by the way, and the NFL. Because I remember when we were when we went to uh, Wrigley Fields. Oh, yeah. We went to Wrigley, and the mm-hmm. streak was on the line. And I remember we were at the, the rooftop, Jamie, and walking down and uh, getting a ice-cold soda yeah. and uh Pepsi. like Notre Dame was playing Michigan State so I remember that that was that was later obviously it was later in the year but the college football was on and everybody was tuning into the Cardinals so it's got everything to do with how you're winning if you're winning and right now they're just they're inconsistent they're trying to figure things out but I think as the season wears on they're going to be more compelling compelling St. Louis is it still a destination well based on what Sonny Gray said the other day I think that that answer is absolutely yes we'll get into that next on 101 ESPN Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Going into this thing, I wanted to be a Cardinal. That started probably a little over a year ago. It's a place that every time I've come here as a visitor, I've looked at the stadium and I've said, wow, this place is this place is incredible. Um, I looked around the seats and I've seen the fans and the fans continue to show up and they support this team. And then you, you talk around the league and you talk around different guys who have been all over the place. And um, everybody raves about St. Louis, um, the Cardinals, the fans, the, how the fans support you, how the fans are hard on you, how the, how the fans expect expect you to win, expect greatness, which is something that as a player, as a competitor, that's something that you that you want. That was Sonny Gray at the press conference earlier this week. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, Andrew Marsh. As I was listening to Sonny Gray, 
I that the one of the bigger things that that stood out was what he talked about with the fans, and I don't think that it you know maybe some of it was just kind of placating to his new fan base, but when he said that he wanted to be a cardinal. And that process, not the process, but he wanted to be a cardinal for over a year. I don't think he. I don't think he was just doing the the whole, you know, hey, uh, I I just signed here in St. Louis, so I better hype up the fans. I think that is part of it. And when we have the conversation about whether or not STL is St. Louis is still a destination, yeah, it clearly is. Now, is it going to be a dis- destination for everybody? No. Is, is it a destination for 27, 28 year old free agents? Maybe not. Is it a destination for somebody like Paul Goldschmidt or Nolan Arenado or Sonny Gray, guys that really just focus on baseball? And as long as the money's right from a market standpoint, they're they're more than happy to come to St. Louis and uh-huh. focus on this because they know that the fan base is going to be into it. They're not going to be playing in front of a bunch of empty seats when, of course, the team is is competitive. Does it matter to John Carlos Stanton? Yeah, he told us as much. Oh yeah. You know, he wanted to go to the, the 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 top four teams from the previous year. They're all big market teams. Wanted to go into the, the Yankees. But I think when we get the question, Jamie, about is St. Louis still a destination? It's still a destination. So, yeah, to certain guys it is. Certain guys do factor in that the fan base is going to be passionate. That when you show up in St. Louis, there is a different feel, a different feel to Bush Stadium than maybe some of these other stadiums uh, around baseball. Opening day, you know, the home opener is always exciting. There is just this this vibe that that goes with it. So I would say yes, just not for everybody. I wonder how much that was the case, even you know, back when the whole baseball heaven thing was going on, yeah, with Scott Rowland and Jimmy Jimmy Ball game, and obviously Albert and Yachty. You know, I I think there's probably some players that said, you know what, the Midwest isn't my thing. We're talking about human beings here who have different goals and you know different things that they look at when it comes to signing with certain teams but they're still and Sonny Gray's one of them there's still a, a huge portion of the league that would love to play here yeah and I think that I think again it depends on your personality it depends on your age it depends on a lot of personal circumstances too but it also for me comes down to like how much are you invested in baseball because I feel like if you're invested in baseball, this is a spot that you desire. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're in, if you're invested in other marketing opportunities or bigger selection of nightclubs or restaurants or scenery or whatever, population, then maybe it's not here for you. Maybe it's the Yankees. Maybe it's the Dodgers. But I feel like when you look at the look at Jimmy Ballgame, like we know Jimmy is a very outgoing personality, but he also baseball was the number one thing for him. Paul Goldschmidt, Scott Rowland, Nolan Arnato, Yadier Molina, Albert Pujols. Like, these guys all have one thing in common. Like, baseball's the ultimate. Mm-hmm. So that's why I feel like they were drawn to not just coming here, but staying here. And Sonny Gray carries a damn baseball around with him everywhere. I don't know if that's true. I'm going to call him. It's like the program now. Yeah. If I see you without a ball, Sonny Gray, You're in a lot ever, of trouble. I'm calling you out. Yeah. Still, he seems like a total baseball nerd. So yeah. being in St. Louis is perfect. So maybe it comes down to that more than anything. Yep, I agree. No, Marsh. What's wrong, Marshy? Nothing. Oh, I thought you're the way you shook your head was. I, I thought you're. I mean, Jamie said it very 
Very nice. He said it perfectly. He said it perfectly. Well said. You right now are uh, James Carville in old school. Mm. When you look at the moderator and say, I've got nothing. I got nothing. That's he's the answer is perfect. Jamie blacked out. Yep. Had a great answer. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And I and have no response because everything he said was spot on. There you Thank go. Thank you very much. Jeremy Rutherford's going to join us uh, in about five minutes. We'll talk to him about the Blues loss last night and some other Blues-related topics. Uh, he's our insider with The Athletic, of course. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow night, Kerry Davis will be joining Moon from the Rizzuto Show, 105.7 The Point. Each week, as everybody knows, during the NFL season, the Fastlane and Rizzuto Show are battling, although not much of a battle these days, in the Pick'em Challenge. But sometimes we come together to hang out and watch some football in person. A couple of weeks ago, Marsh joined Learn at a Cybergs. Last week, King Scott and I went to the Cybergs, uh, kind of right up the road here on uh, 270. That's my Cybergs, That's your Cybergs, the Viking Cybergs. You could join Moon. From the Riz Show and Kerry Davis tomorrow night, 6 to 8 at Cybergs downtown. Go watch the Thursday night football game. Get signed up for some one-on-one ESPN and point giveaways. Plus, enjoy a cold Bud Light. It's tomorrow night, Thursday night, 6 to 8 with Kerry Davis Moon and Bud Light at Cybergs on Market Street in downtown. Jeremy Rutherford next on one-on-one ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Notes and Nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues Insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalzer. Let's head to our 101 ESPN Celebrity Line. We're joined by our guy, Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic. JR, how are you? Doing great, Anthony. Thanks. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, same to you there, JR. Um, last night, when we opened up the show, Jamie said, yeah, the offense, I think, was more of the issue last night in the 3-1 loss to the Wilds. If I were to say to you the biggest issue in last night's loss was, how would you complete that sentence? Yeah, I would say the power play. And, you know, he's not wrong, obviously, with the uh, offense. Uh, but that, that kind of ties in with the power play, and we've seen it all year. But, you know, to me, it's just another one of how many games that, you know, a power, just one power play goal could have got you a point out of that game. And, and so to have that double minor, seven minutes left to go in the game, you know, we've seen some good power plays over the year. They're going to put one of those in. And, and if not two, like Craig Ruby said afterwards, and you get a point at least out of that game. So that's the toughest part, I think, for fans to swallow. Yeah, I mean – JR, you know, in talking to Craig Berube as much as, as you do, you know, what is Chief consistently saying about this power play? I think it's uh, you know, more shots on net, and I think that to be quicker with the passing, to be one step ahead, and the good power plays we've seen in St. Louis, I think that's been there. Um, you know, it's been there throughout, you know, just to, to name one guy, Tory Krug, his career in Boston, and then when he came here, uh, you know, you had the one-timer from David Perron a couple of years ago where everything was kind of quick twitch, and I don't think you see that. I think everything's deliberate. The fans watching from home on TV can probably tell you where the puck is going to go, and then when it does get there, it's it's just too slow. This is too easy right now for the PKs. 
Uh, JR, I know that you were listening earlier today when we were discussing the blues and you know the whether or not they're compelling, the investment, all that. Uh, one thing that Jamie kept going back to was the expectations. What were your expectations? How would you how would you properly evaluate this team at this point? Well, I would agree with uh, Riv there, and obviously we've had those conversations before. Uh, you know, just a little context here. Being the beat writer, 20, nineteen years. Uh, you know, been there in the lean years, been there for a Stanley Cup, and I get it. I get the emotion. I get uh, the interest, and, you know, a lot of times I'll get messages from people that talk about how much they pay for, for tickets. And, look, I get a press pass. I don't have to think about whether I'm putting money into this franchise or not and whether they're giving me the bang for the buck with their effort and the wins that, that they get out of it. But the one thing I'll say is I try to be a realist, and there's been years where this team is supposed to be really, really good. And when they're not, you hold them accountable, and you mention the reasons why they're not. I went into this season knowing that this is a retool, and I think that that's where my curve is on grading them. And now the way I look at it, guys, you got three sets of fans. you got the fans who, you know, their, their grandpa right before he passed away got to see the Stanley Cup and everybody was crying and they're never, ever going to forget that, and they're going to stand by the Blues through thick and thin. Then you have you know, some middle fans where uh, they see that it's a retool, and they're going to give the Blues the benefit of the doubt and hope that they're going to be pretty good in a couple of years. And then i got to be honest with you, I mean, it's part of the job, I get it, but I go into every single Blues game now knowing that if something goes wrong, there's going to be fans on social media that are going to grade this team like it's supposed to win the Stanley Cup. You know, I'll wrap up by saying this. I think that you can have it both ways where you're patient and understand that it's a retool and some of these guys are going to be growing and it's going to take some time till they get more talent on this team. And at the same time, you can be disappointed in those top guys making the big bucks that aren't performing well and think, okay, this is the future. I'm not so sold on this. So I, I, that's the way I do it anyway. I can sit down and watch the game and say, okay, Jake Neighbors is coming along. I'm going to be patient. He's going to be a good player. And Jordan Cairo, where's the goal scoring? And power play, where's the goals? I, I think that's the way I look at it. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you to elaborate on that in just a second. But to your point, JR, like uh, the fan base here can't be angry when the general manager, president of hockey operations, basically told them exactly kind of the way this was going to go down and what it was going to look like for the foreseeable future and then expect something different. And then to your point about Jordan Cairo, you know, he obviously was a big piece of the pie here when you gave him the eight times eight contract and he just hasn't had the production as of yet. I won't say the success because he's had a ton of opportunities. He just hasn't had the production. When you're watching Jordan Cairo, how do you think he can change that around? Well, okay, so I'll get to Cairo in a second. Yeah, when I look at this team and especially Riv, like I was kind of touching on a second ago there, you know, people say, well, why didn't Doug Armstrong do more in the offseason to make this team better? Well, that wasn't the game plan. He Could tried. he have traded the numbers? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, he tried to trade Torrey Krug to Philadelphia. Uh, that didn't work out. But also, he could have traded one or more of those first-round picks, or he could have traded, you know, he could have traded uh, Jordan Cairo or whoever. I'm just naming him. Somebody on this roster to try to do something for this team. But that's not the business he's in right now with where this team's at. He's in a situation where, hey, let the Dvorskys play in Sudbury. 
let these snugger roots play in Minnesota. Let these guys develop, and in a year or two, we're going to see those guys, and then you're going to have a 27, 28-year-old Kairou and Thomas who've probably hit their stride and you know maybe a Perinovich, so on and so forth. So to me, that's where his thinking is. Could he have made the team a lot better and more competitive and they'd be leading the Central Division right now? He could have. He probably could have. But that's not where they're at right now, and I think that when people kind of pay attention to the long game, uh, I think that's what uh, they're going to see is what he's seeing right now. And that, that doesn't mean every decision goes right or every you're going to agree with every decision. It's just that's the path they're taking. And then with Cairo, um, you know, I, I wrote it the other day at The Athletic. I still think he's got the ability to make a huge impact in this league and be that type of player. There, there's still some lapses. There's still some holes. I know the coaches are you're preaching it to him, and, and, and I do think hopefully that one day um, it'll sink in with him. But that said, I think he's made strides defensively this year. Some people are going to disagree with that. And I think in the end he's going to be a better player for what he's going through. And in the meantime, the goals just aren't going in for him. JR, what do you got? What are you working on at The Athletic? Well, I think I might have touched on it with you guys uh, last week, but it's uh, actually coming out tomorrow. It'll be at The Athletic. I shadowed Craig Ruby last week in Arizona from 7.30 in the morning, our first meeting out in the lobby of the Omni Hotel. Uh, met him at the rink on several occasions, interviewed him basically about every hour, and just talked about what he goes through on game day. So the story is called A Day in the Life of an NHL Coach Following Craig Bruby Around, and it'll be up at The Athletic tomorrow. Nice. That'd be yeah. great. JR was on the road, and he was bugging Chief. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> no, Chief was awesome with JR. He always is. And you know this, Anthony. He's always so great. So I can imagine this is going to be an awesome piece, JR. Yeah, fun one. Uh, some nuggets in there about uh, what he does throughout the day. And, of course, uh, he, he met some relatives. That's kind of one of the perks on the job that uh, you go out of town and you run into some folks that you haven't seen in a while. So he did that on this trip. And, you know, I'll tease you on this one. Uh, how many times does Chief eat in a day on game day? And how many cups of coffee does he drink? You'll find that out tomorrow on the story. Oh, nice. All right. We will talk to Chief uh, about Less than an hour, 4.30, he'll join us. JR, we'll, we look forward to that uh, piece on Chief coming out tomorrow, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, boys. All right, it's Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic at J.P. Rutherford. It's where you can join him. So quick story about Chief on this one regarding JR's story is we landed at, I forget what time it was, 3 o'clock in the morning. I mean, you're just like, woof, we're done. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the night before Thanksgiving, so the – you know, JR happened to be on the charter with us coming back, which was nice with the Blues to allow that. Yeah. And JR had asked for Chief, like, can I get you for 60 seconds, like when we land? But when you land, there's a pecking order mm-hmm. in the plane. And the coaches get up and they get oh, off no. the plane. Yeah. Then you sit down and you wait. The players get all their stuff and they get off the plane. Sure. I mean, this is the reason why you're there. It's the players, the coaching staff. Of course. You're happy to be a part of it. Yes. So that's, you know, so the media, including television and the athletic, Wait politely, respectfully, and everybody leaves the plane. But you got to imagine the head start the chief has at this point. Yeah, his daughters are in town, his wife is in town. Thanksgiving, all that stuff. Lo and behold, I got out of the plane before Jr. Just again, pecking order. (laughs) 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 And you walk into the little terminal that we have, and Chief is standing there waiting for Jr. No kidding. Yeah, JR was kind of blown away too. Oh, wow. He got off there and he was like, Whoa, he's like, Yeah, I didn't. And he's like, No, it's good. It's fine. You know, that doesn't, it, it's, it's, a, I'm glad you told that story, but not all head coaches are like that. And, and I'm not, and I'm, I'm not even being critical. I'm just stating 
not all of them are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Chief is is probably the most media friendly coach I have ever come across. Oh yeah, and he's a stand up dude. He's and, and he tells it he tells it like he like it is. He's he he, he doesn't need anything from us. He just tells it like it is, and. He sh- that doesn't surprise me at all. That's a great story. All right. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN again. Chief joining us at 430 today. College football playoff. There seems to be some confusion. Maybe we can clarify some things, but the big question is, if Alabama beats Georgia, could both teams get in? Could there be two SEC teams in? Could there be zero SEC teams in if Alabama wins? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. College football playoff, the committee did some things that has has caused uh, some consternation, Jamie, some teeth gnashing. People don't understand why Ohio State's ranked ahead of teams like Texas. Jamie, you hit it you hit it earlier. It's because they lost the number two team in the nation in Michigan. That's, that's the only honestly, reason. I think Michigan should be ranked number one right now. Here's where I think that Do you have any argument with that? That Michigan's number one? Should be number one. Yeah, because... Georgia narrowly beat a couple of teams here recently, and Michigan has blown the doors off everybody. Okay, so... Including a number three or a number two seed at the time, Ohio State. I'm glad you brought this up, because this is where I think we complicate things. We get into the... How much did they win by? Did they blow them out? That's a crap sandwich, right? The Florida State. I'm glad you brought this up because mm-hmm. we yeah. think about that. So just say it. You are preoccupied with this. No, I've done this too. I think we get too far into the weeds. All right, go ahead. The Florida State, Jordan Travis situation is a perfect example of this. So the, the, for those that don't follow college football that closely, or maybe you're just kind of tuned in right now, Jordan Travis was, was the starting quarterback for Florida State. Got a nasty leg injury two weeks ago. And he's out for the year. Florida State now is that team that's unbeaten, that that people feel as though without Jordan Travis shouldn't be in the college football playoff, even if they beat Louisville in the ACC title game this weekend, because they're not one of the top four teams in the nation. Guys, it has never been about who the committee feels is the top four teams in the nation. They may say that, Mm -hmm. but they act differently. Don't listen to what they say follow what they do that seems fraudulent jamie this I mean, committee this is the ncaa what since when did it get to be crooked inside well I fortunately mean, it's not if <laughs> or t- else it'd be real sideways if tcu and cincinnati can make it to the college football playoff florida state an un- undefeated team mm-hmm. oh there you go should absolutely make it you bite your tongue on cincinnati with the janitor you on bite the your tongue on cincinnati okay that team was well led. Oh, why? Because your favorite NFL team was their quarterback. You don't even like that guy. No, you don't at all. You don't I, like him at all. Hey, in fairness, I like him like 
every other throw. I know what it is. I know what it is. What? You like Sauce Gardner, and that's yeah. why the Jets are number 10. Exactly. The Thank you. Exactly. That makes yes. more sense now. Anyways, the committee, and I've said this the entire time, the committee has all been about resumes. It has been about who did you beat in the top 25. Well, that team's no longer ranked. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it's where they were ranked when you play them. Uh, they lost. Uh, their win looks. It doesn't look as good now. Doesn't matter. We tend to complicate this. It is about resume. How many top 25 teams did you beat on your schedule? If you have a loss, did you lose to Miami of Ohio or did you lose to Michigan? Is it a quote-unquote good loss? That's all that matters. So, if it's a good loss, how did they get dropped right out of that thing? Just because they're not undefeated anymore? Because of the, the the number of victories against top 25 teams. That's number one. Number two is if you have a loss, how bad or good is that loss? Quote, unquote. Ohio State has wins, top 25, against Notre Dame, Penn State, and that's it. Dose. They will not make the college football playoff. Who won't? Ohio State. They will not. I'm okay with that. We don't have to worry I about the old Buckeyes. Yeah, Ryan Day. He's a little white. Two wins against top 25 opponents for Ohio State. That's it. They have no more games left. They're done. So Anthony, they had to beat Michigan. Let me ask you this, because I'm gonna I'm just I'm hyper focused on Florida State right yes. now. And for good reason, okay? Mm-hmm. How does the committee sit there and go, okay, they won last week barely, by the way, against a Gators team that was I think under five hundred. I think they're five and six at the time. Yeah. Still won though. They still they still won. But how can you say if they're sitting there to pick the best top the top four teams, there's no way that that Florida State team is better than Oregon right now. There's no way. It's about resume. It's not about the top twenty. It's not but okay. It's, so it's, it's about it, the resume. What about the quarterback's resume? Doesn't matter. Bo Nix is the best freaking quarterback in the damn Pac-12. I'm, I'm telling you, this is and how you they got do Florida it. Florida State, who has the Gardner under center. <laughs> it's not fair to that kid. I, he might be good next he, year. He could be the next Cardell Jones, though. You he never could. know. Or he could not be. Okay. You know? fair. It's probably he, more likely. Here's how, here's how Florida State does not get in. Okay? But if they win, they have to be in. Not necessarily. Oh they would God. only have three wins against top 25 yeah, but teams. they still be undefeated. Is that a better resume than Oregon if they beat argument, Washington? Isn't that the Cincinnati argument? One of those two teams was undefeated. So, well, they're Cincinnati. undefeated. We have to, well, we have to put them in. Right, Cincinnati. How How'd do that you, work out? How do you keep an undefeated team, though, out of the college football they playoff? Would only have three, they a, would only have three wins five against five top 25 when teams. When there's only four undefeated teams, how do you keep one of those four? By the way, it's four teams to make the playoffs. How do you keep that one team out? Because they don't have a, a better resume. In Oregon. Crap. Why don't you just Oregon. be honest for a second? I am being Say honest. Say that the committee would actually take into consideration that their quarterback is not up to par. Florida State got dropped in the rankings despite winning a game. Everybody thought it was about the quarterback. It wasn't. It was about Washington beating Oregon State, which gave them another win over a top 25 team. I don't like your attitude. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to like my attitude. You never like my attitude. Here's I'm a- still... Sp- Speaking the truth right now. Here's a question. Uh, I don't like his attitude. That's fine. For some weird reason. Yeah. uh, This will not happen. I'll give it a (laughs) 99.9% chance that this will not happen. If Michigan loses to Iowa. They will not. Go ahead. Exactly. There's no chance in hell. Are they out of the college football playoff? Of course. Yes. Because of how bad Iowa is? I mean, they're not bad, but they're not good. No, they would have two wins against top 25 teams. No, No conference title. You wouldn't have the resume. 
You beat Penn State and Ohio State. That's it. Michigan would absolutely be out. Yes. That was the problem with Ohio State this year. When people keep talking about, well, Ohio State could still sneak in because, uh, no, they can't. They've got two wins against top 25 teams this year. That's it. They do not have a more impressive resume than Oregon or Washington, who who also would have a one one loss if Washington loses in the Pac-12 title game. But I still don't understand why Texas is below Ohio State when they Tell have them. three top 25 wins. It's the, Tell it's the records against ranked teams. And no, losses. it's the, you, your point earlier about you know, who they lost to. Yeah, who they lost to. I just They lost to Michigan. They weren't so going to drop them that far. I got sidetracked because I'm, I'm about to argue somebody on the text line. What are you going to argue? said, Rivers, relax. Penix is the best Pac-12 QB. No, he's not! If you listen to the gauntlet yesterday, you know that Bo Nix leads the Pac-12 in, in, uh, in yards. Penix is awesome, and so is Bo Nix. You're welcome, 314. Here's how I see everything Take playing that, out. You filthy animal. Pac 12 title game. Oregon. Oregon <laughs> over Washington. Okay. What'd Oregon. You say? I got Oregon over Washington on Friday night in the yeah, Pac 12 title game. I got Texas over Oklahoma State in the Big 12 matchup. Me too. I still think Georgia. I know a lot of people are on Alabama. I've got to make my. I have rooted for kind of the chaos, and mm. I know that Marsh does not like Alabama. Please don't so do I this just, to me. I kept dropping in the, hey, don't forget about Bama. Don't forget about Bama. Mm. It is now, though, time, because the SEC title game is on, on Saturday afternoon, it's time for me to make a declaration on this. I am not going with the chaos. I do Thank think Georgia goodness. wins, and that would effectively eliminate Alabama. I, I mean, you can't Alabama go against wins. the Vikings and pick Alabama in I won't do a that span to you. of two weeks. I feel like you paid you paid your, your penance there on, on the Dobbs situation. I feel like Nick Saban watched that last Georgia game against Georgia Tech uh-huh. and started to giggle as he constructed the game plan to knock off Georgia. Saban? Yes. Yeah. It took a hail mary to beat Auburn, though. It did. I don't think. I don't think Alabama is. Uh, Jalen Milrow has turned this season around. He's also. Yes. He's looked very good since since the second half against Tennessee. But they've beaten LSU, who doesn't play defense. They've beaten Kentucky, who was better in the first half this year than the second half. They beat Chattanooga, and then they they barely beat uh, an Auburn team that is average. Why are you SEC. playing Chattanooga late in the year? Because it's they. That's how they do it, guys. George is going to beat Bama. I have Bama. Louisville. Okay. We'll I do. Get, we'll get into that. Damn it. Louisville. Jamie's been right a lot this year. He has been. He's a football guy. On top of being the baseball guy, guy, he's a football guy. Louisville. Bama. Louisville is going to beat Florida State. The, the the Florida State conversation is going to be over with by about 11 o'clock on Saturday night. I don't think so. I got Louisville beating Florida State. Where the hell is Louisville ranked? They're not. Well, they're, they're, they're the other 10th. No, the 14th. Okay, whatever. I'm looking at it. You don't have to call me out. I'm looking at it. Well, so I don't. I don't care where they're ranked. They're going to upset I, Florida State. I was trying to give you the bad. I, I didn't even think they were ranked. I was like, oh, this team's terrible. And you get all mad. Your college football playoff. You ready for it? It's going to be Georgia. It's going to be Michigan. It's going to be Oregon. And it's going to be Texas. Good. I don't see Texas getting there, man. I'm sorry. I think you're sniffing the funny stuff. Let's look at Texas's resume real quick. We gotta get to the gauntlet, but let's look at Texas's I don't resume. Really care. I just don't think they're gonna get there. They've got a win over Alabama, Kansas, Kansas State, and a win over Oklahoma State this weekend in the Big Twelve title game. That's four. I just don't think they'll get. That's that. four. Their losses to Oklahoma was ranked twelfth. Anthony, good loss. Either that or it could be Washington. I could see Washington getting in with a loss. But what's 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 with more Oregon? compelling though? 
do 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 these ranking people do they drink yes well yes but do they look at what matchup would be more compelling they might i think they have to i'd rather see texas play georgia than georgia play washington well that's what's going to happen marsh uh, Washington, by the way, went over Oregon, went over USC, went over Utah, went over Oregon State. I'm telling you right now, Washington is not eliminated with a loss. Forget Ohio State. They're done. Washington wouldn't be eliminated. But I, my my four is going to be Oregon, Texas, Georgia, Michigan, once Louisville upsets Florida State. There will be an upset this weekend. Maybe Jamie's right and it's Bama. I'm calling the Louisville one. Marsh, what do you got in the upset? Uh, I Call think, it, Marsh. I think Oregon beats Washington. They're a nine, I'm not even sure if that's a nine even, and a half point. For well, yeah, but like if we're looking at the rankings, I'm talking about a legit upset. Like just come on, Florida State. They so, lose. Okay, all right, it's a good pick. So you're with me. Yes. I don't think you're really with me. I just don't think you're with Jamie. I, don't, I just I, I don't care what happens. I, I don't care what happens. I don't want Alabama being tied. Marshy say it. Stop Roll it. Tight. All right, Kyle is back for the gauntlet next. I want to win ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Four oh five. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. And we welcome back Kyle for round two of the Gauntlet Playoffs. What's up, Kyle? What's up, guys? How we doing? Doing good. Although I hear you're kind of upset with Jamie, huh? What the hell's going on, Kyle? Come on, man. Alabama, they look like trash with Auburn. That's the Yankees of college football. Dude, I can't stand Bama either, but I think they're going to beat Georgia. <laughs> Man, I told I was telling Jamie on the phone. I was like, I normally agree with most of the things you say, but that just took you down a few notches. Nah, I don't blame you. <laughs> I well, self-reflect every night, and I'm disappointed in the man I see in the mirror too. Well, you've been right with a lot of. I think I was more upset because you've been more correct than wrong this year, and I really want them to lose. <laughs> to do All right, Kyle. I hear you. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Since you beat Carrie, who was filling in for Jamie, it Marsh, out there, Kyle, me and Marsh. Uh, <laughs> Are the are the two that are left for your opponent? Now you already picked baseball, correct? I want to lie and say no, but yeah, I did. Okay. I pick it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your honesty. Uh, so, what category would you like to go with today? Uh, football. All right, football is a category. It'll be either Marsh or me, and it'll probably be Marsh. Um, he's good. I don't know. You both are he's good solid, at it. So yeah. Marsh been, is good. I've been at bad though in the playoffs. No, you haven't. All right, well, let's hope for Marston. <laughs> All right, Kyle, tell Marsh to spin the wheel. Spin it, buddy. All right, here we go. The wheel has been spun. It'll be between me and Marsh. The suspense is killing me. Yeah, it's going to be Marsh. Oh, it's Marsh and It's going to be Marsh. I figured that. Okay, so it will be Marsh. The category will be football. Marsh is handing us the launch codes right now. Then he's going to make his way into the cone of silence. Thank you, Marsh. Uh, all right, Kyle, as you know, you're going to get four questions. Marsh is going to get the same four questions. Each question is worth two points unless you need the options. And if you do, you get that question right, it'll be worth one point instead of two. Are you ready? Yes, sir. 
All right, Kyle. Question one. Who was the last NFC team to win the Super Bowl? Who was the last NFC team to win the Super Bowl? Last NFC team. All right, so we've got, I know the Chiefs won last year. We've got, oh, man, it's been a while, hasn't it? Uh, it wasn't the Buccaneers. They were, was it Buccaneers? Uh, I think it was the Rams. They're still in the NFC after they moved. Yeah, I'm going to go Rams. Final answer. All right, Kyle, question number two. Which New England Patriots running back sealed the victory with a touchdown run in the only Super Bowl to ever go to overtime? Go to overtime. Yeah, can I have the options there? Yeah, was it Rex Burkhead, Sonny Michelle, or James White? Oh, man. I'm going to We'll go on James James White. Final answer? No, but yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Question three, Kyle. The only team, uh, the only time the Texas Longhorns lost a game this season was against which opponent? All right. Well, they beat, I think they upset, they upset, what was it, Alabama? And you're talking about this year, right? Yes. So Texas is, has one loss this season. Who was that against? Um, can I, oh, I don't want to do that. Was it Oklahoma? Oklahoma? Was it Kansas? Oklahoma or Kansas? I'm going to go Oklahoma. Final answer? Oklahoma, Kansas. Yeah, Oklahoma. All right, Kyle, question number four. Despite not finishing in the top ten, name the team that scored the most points on offense in college football this season. And they're not in the top ten, you said? That is correct. For the most points, not in the top ten. And they but they can still be ranked, right? Yes. Just not in okay. the top ten. Okay. Uh well we know Washington's in the top ten. We know Ohio State's in the top, Michigan's in the top ten, Oregon's in the top ten. I'm trying to list them off in my head. I'm sorry if I'm taking too long. That's all right. Um so I'm fine. Although, Anthony's angry. I'm not. Jamie lies. I'm going to go uh, 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 LSU. Black right. LSU. Yeah, final answer. Okay. Um, all right, how you feeling, Kyle? Well, I'm going to ask a question. Now that I'm done, is LSU's quarterback, is he one of the uh, Heisman candidates? We yes. can't tell you. Oh, Anthony, come on. We just had more fun with Kyle. Yeah, all right, I feel better now. Thanks, Anthony. Yeah, Jamie, you just. <laughs> Oh, man. Marshy's walking back in here. So no more talking about game plans. Yep, sir. All right, here he is. He's got his Lindenwood Lions t-shirt on. He's got that fresh cut. (laughs) Chugging back some water. Looks determined. He's got a little bracelet on. I don't know what it says, but I'm sure it's important. Just Mm -hmm. win, baby. That's what it says. (laughs) Huge L. Davis fan. All right, Marsh, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. You know your category is football, Jamie. Oh, pack at lunch, buddy. Question number one. Who was the last NFC team to win the Super Bowl? The last NFC team to win the Super Bowl. Okay, last year, Kansas City won. And then the year before that, the Los Angeles Rams won. So I'm going to go with the LA Rams. Final answer. All right. Marshy, question two. Which New England Patriots running back sealed the victory with a touchdown run in the only Super Bowl to ever go to overtime? Oh, good 
Jesus, who was it? Uh, Sonny, Sonny, uh, Sony, Sony Michelle, Sony Michelle, final answer. Question number three. The only time the Texas Longhorns lost a game this season was against which opponent? The Oklahoma Sooners. Final answer. Final question. Question number four. Despite not finishing in the top ten, name the team that scored the most points on offense in college football this season. Okay, so can you read that one more time? Yep. Despite not finishing in the top 10, so they're not top 10 ranked, Mm -hmm. name the team that scored the most points in all of college football. Um, Man, Jalen Daniels has had some ridiculous numbers this year. So that's leading me towards LSU. And I know they're not in the top 10, so I'm going to go, and their defense stinks which means uh, they'll have to score a lot of points to win some of those games. I'm going to go with LSU, final answer. Okay, here we go. Kyle versus Marsh, round two. We've only had one contestant advance to the third round. Will Kyle make it two, or does Marsh pick up his first gauntlet uh, playoff victory? Have you won yet? Uh, let me, I can check. Okay. Question number one. Who was the last NFC team to win the Super Bowl? Kyle, you said the Rams. Marsh, you said the Rams. Correct answer is... Yeah, it's the Rams. It's the Rams over the Bengals. <laughs> Neither of you needed the option, so we have a 2-2 tie. Question three. The only time the Texas Longhorns lost a game this season was against which opponent? Kyle, you debated between Kansas and Oklahoma. You settled on Oklahoma. Marsh, you knew it right away. In fact, we just kind of talked about this. You said Oklahoma as well. Correct answer is... Oklahoma! Oklahoma. Neither of you needed the options. We have a 4-4 tie. Despite not finishing in the top 10, name the team that scored the most points on offense in college football this season. Marsh, you said LSU because of Jaden Daniels. Kyle, you said LSU. (laughs) Correct answer is... Go Tigers! LSU. Neither of you needed the options for that one. So we have a six-six tie. It comes down to this. Which New England Patriots running back sealed the victory with a touchdown run in the only Super Bowl to ever go to overtime? Kyle, you used the options. The options were Rex Burkhead, James White, or Sony Michelle. Kyle, you said James White. Marsh, you said Sony Michelle. If it's Rex Burkhead, we've got a walk-off. If it's Sony Michelle, Marsh wins. If it's James White, Kyle wins. Jamie, which Patriot running back sealed the victory on a clear hold on Deion Jones <laughs> in overtime to win the Patriots the Super Bowl? Sony Michelle had a heck of a season, but it was James White. Wow. Kyle. You have chosen wisely. Kyle, you won it on that one. You guys tied on every other question. You didn't need the options on any of them except for that one. And it was the one you won. You won 7-6 over March today in an epic gauntlet playoff victory. Nice job, man. Oh, 100% guess on the running back. Hey, it's okay. 
That's you know, guest right. That's the only thing that matters. That was good. So, Kyle, you have survived and you have advanced. So you'll take on awesome. me uh, at some point, I think next week, right? It could be as, this week. As we wrap things up, how many people have to left to go for round two? Uh, so tomorrow we'll have Aaron. He is our last uh, listener for round two. And if he wins, then we'll have three because Mike already moved on. Okay, so we have Mike and Kyle right now. Mike and Kyle. Wow. All right, Kyle, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Congrats. Hey, guys. Tell, tell Mike he's got nothing. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> Mike's probably listening crying. right now. Wow. wow. Holy smokes. All right. Good job, Kyle. See you, Kyle. Pay-per-view coming. All right, thanks, fellas. Go Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got what's trending next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill to win a magical Polar Express staycation. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it is time for What's Trending. Guys, we talked about this earlier in the show, but it looks like the Rays are shopping Randy Arozarena, and there's a good chance that he could be moved. Sources tell MLB nerds. Thoughts on this? Could Randy A be a Cardinal? Again, <laughs> again, an, another reunion, or is this is this just a pipe dream? Jamie asked a very important question earlier, and that is why. Why yeah. is he available? Because if Martian, you had brought this up, if he has years left on his deal or arbitration, why would the Rays be so willing to give him up? Tyler Glass now makes sense because there's only one more year left, and the Rays don't pay anybody. Last time they paid somebody, now they're paying him to go away. So I'll, if they're if if Randy Rosarina still has multiple years left on his contract, or again arbitration process, then why are they willing so willing to give him up right now? I don't know. Something doesn't add up here. I don't know. You're right. Like it makes no sense at all because they're really not paying him yet. Like they are, but they're not. Right. So why would they shop him so soon? They liked him in St. Louis, clearly. They yeah. liked him from the card. They got him from the Cardinals. He has been fantastic for them. So why now? Either the report is inaccurate or something is going on here where the Rays feel as though that he's not going to be worth the money long term. Or, or maybe they see a trend like that. downwards, that he's trending downwards and his, his value but still, is the highest it will be. Right. Either well, way, I don't maybe. like it. That's not a bad thought. Marshall. I don't like it. So I'm going to pass. If the Rays don't want him, neither do I. I don't know if I don't want him. Um, I want him. What do they want in return? Like Taylor Motter? Sold. Mm, no. But then are you worried that Taylor Motter becomes Scott Rowland? I would. What if they <laughs> ask for... <laughs> What if they ask for Dylan Carlson? Yes. Uh, yeah, but are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? Wouldn't that be the ult- like the ultimate uh, the, the ultimate conundrum? Tyler O'Neill. 
Then he goes and he's Mr. Baseball. That one I don't even care about. Like, let's, <laughs> then he goes he's and gets get hurt. 40 dingers. No, plays a full season. Although, not, I take that back because he can't play on turf. No, correct. I'm serious. What if it was what what if it was Dylan Dylan Carlson? I mean, I'd make the deal just clenching my teeth, oh, right? Because you're mm-hmm. like, well, I know this is going to be painful. Yeah. I just don't I don't know, know how it. you're screwing me, but I you're just, screwing me, yeah. Rice. I know it. Don't know. Yeah. What else you got, Mark? Uh, a lot of people are calling the NFL the No Fun League. Uh, they've been doing that for a while. I saw today that a content creator that goes by the name K Fitz. If you guys remember, Tyreek Hill scored a touchdown against the Carolina Panthers, took a phone in the end zone and did Mm -hmm. a backflip with it. Well, that content creator is getting suspended for the entire year for giving Tyreek Hill the phone Uh and, you know, jumping around on the sidelines. It turns out that he has been creating content for Tyreek Hill and other NFL players for a few years now. And now he lost his job because of that. Well, my was question was, what are your thoughts yeah. on that? So it sounds like it was set up then. It was not set up. How do we know? But if he was creating content for, for Tyreek Hill, unless I'm misunderstanding. So he was hired by the Dolphins to do video work okay. at all home games. He is a student at Miami. And he's a student? Uh, he's a student. Okay, come on. One, if you're the Dolphins, take care of the kid. Two, NFL, lighten up. Come on. Well, and like that generated so much buzz around yeah. the NFL. Like people nowadays, they want to see fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think it's stupid. It's just another. Look, when's the last time Roger Goodell has ever truly had a pulse of like his fans or like anything for that matter? He's always reactionary. He's reactionary with his discipline. He's reactionary with just the 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 outrage that happens over certain things at the league. You know. Implements. He's always been reactionary. Do you think all the commissioners of every you know major sports league are all kind of out of touch with with their fan base? I'd say the the exception outside is maybe of David Stern, outside of David Stern, outside of um, Adam Silver. Adam Silver, thank you, of the NBA. Mm-hmm. But Adam Silver is more. I think he's the more the most player friendly commissioner. So mm-hmm. typically, fans will will side with the players. Right. They'll side with the millionaires over the billionaires. Mm-hmm. So I think he's the closest one to maybe having a pulse mm-hmm. on the direction of the league and, and the young, you know, athletes and the young fans. Everybody else, no. Yeah. I mean, Rob Manfred has, he doesn't have a pulse on anything. No. He doesn't have a pulse on, on how he impacts, you know, baseball fans when he's speaking down to them. So what? it's definitely not him. Oh, good thing Gary Bettman and the NHL are uh, getting into NFTs now. Oh, yeah. Oh. Like we're in 2021. Welcome to the party, Gary. <laughs> My God. And then the NHL, oh, don't get me started. The whole Marc-Andre Fleury yeah. thing, like, I get it. The NHL took a stance on not having any personal agendas anymore. Is it with the mask? Yeah, so they, they banned, or not banned, they have just said we don't support or whatever. We're not supporting personal agendas, so... The pride tape and all that and the other things, fine, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, whatever. But then Mark Andre Fleury has a, a Native American mask that his somebody made, and his wife is part Native American. He wanted to wear it for warm up. The NHL's like, no, you can't wear that, or we're gonna fine you. So Mark Andre Fleury goes, fine, go ahead, find me. Then they said, well, yeah, but we're gonna find Minnesota Wild too, because. 
you know, they'll be mad at you then if you wear the mask. And Billy Guerin said, go ahead and wear the mask. <laughs> yeah. We'll foot the bill. And there's no bill to be foot. There's no rule. Yeah. There's no rule in anywhere where it says you can't do that. So even the guys who were using the pride tape, like I forget who, Travis Dermott was it earlier this year. He did it anyways. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen. Well, nothing, because there's, there's no nothing written in the bylaws. Right. You can't fine a guy for something that doesn't exist. Yeah. But it just goes, shows you how tone deaf sure. Gary Bettman is. Why don't you just let the guys do what they want? Like, mm-hmm. somebody had a great idea. PJ Stock, former fighter in the NHL, was a teammate of mine, was a linemate of mine in Boston. And he just was on a podcast recently, and he just said, why doesn't the NHL have one night a year where all th- all teams are playing? Every single team is playing. And for warm-ups, the players can pick their own cause Mm -hmm. and wear a jersey for that cause for Mm warm-up and then auction off all the different jerseys for Mm -hmm. those particular charities or whatever you're doing. So if you want it to be pride, great. Go ahead. Native Americans, go ahead. Cancer, this, breast cancer, whatever it is that's important to you, Mm -hmm. we're going to give you the platform for one game and do whatever you want with it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Craig Berube is going to join us next. We'll chat with the Chief following last night's loss. Dive into uh, some of the things that he is seeing right now with his team. Craig Berube next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time now for Chatting with the Chief with a coach of your St. Louis Blues, Craig Berube. Brought to you by Fisher Window and Door. Your Marvin dealer with showrooms in Brentwood and East Alton, Illinois. With Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter, let's head to our 101 ESPN Celebrity Line. We're joined by Craig Berube, the head coach of your St. Louis Blues. Each and every week we chat with the Chief, and uh, we're going to do so right now. Coach, how you doing today? Good, guys. How are you? Doing pretty good today. Uh, last night, obviously not the result that you're looking for uh, or your players are looking for. One of the things that Jamie and I have been talking about today is the offensive zone time or lack thereof. What What typically contributes to a lack of ozone time for for a team uh well i mean it can it it varies i think you know i think our ozone times have been good going into that game to be honest with you but last night i didn't find that we were on pucks very good last night uh you know our four check was not there last night so that's a big part of it for sure but i just felt like our team lacked a lot of energy last night in that game a lot of travel lately and home for one back on the road again. I think it caught up with us last night. That's that's how I felt with our team energy wise. And it's hard to it's hard when you don't have the energy. That was an energized team. They got a new coach and uh, they were you know they played they played well. They played it. They played a solid game and uh, you know we had a chance. I mean it was two one. We had a four minute power play in the third period. And we didn't capitalize on it. Chief, it's funny you brought up the travel because I actually had written it down here in my notes. And, you know, you're traveling, you're out of town, you're back in quickly. There's the holiday included. Then you've got the dad's trip that's piggybacked on all this stuff. Obviously, it wears guys down. As a coaching staff or just a staff in general, because I know the trainers and everybody come into it at the same time, how do you guys manage that? Well, it's hard. I mean, you can't control the, the schedule, right? So, I mean, it's just rest, trying to get rest and, uh, you know, do what you can with the players. I mean, like, it's it's a tough situation. This is, those, 
you're going to have those games and those uh, those times. So it's you got to play smart. You got to you know our goal. I thought our goalie did a great job of keeping us in the game last night and give us a chance. But like I said, we didn't capitalize on it. Uh, I didn't think we played very smart in the game either. Uh, Coach, uh, transitioning to your power play, the first two power plays, it looked like you guys were snapping around pretty good. That that four-minute one, though, uh, there there was only, I think, one shot that was taken. How does that happen on a four-minute power play? Well, we didn't exactly. Our, you know, we didn't execute very well on it. We didn't take the shots that were available, I didn't think. We didn't have a shot mindset going into that four-minute power play, and, um, you know, that was the wrong thought process, like, Four-minute power play, we need to put a ton of pressure on them, um, shoot puck, recover them, just create time, create time, create chaos. And I didn't think we did that, you know, um, our power plays in that in that four-minute stretch. Coach, you moved Jake Neighbors up in the lineup a couple of games ago, the first full game against the Blackhawks. It went pretty well. And last night, you know, to your point, maybe not a lot of energy, a bit of a tough game for everyone overall. Just the experiment for you overall with Jake Neighbors playing up there with Thomas and Buchnevich. Have you liked it so far? Yeah, I have. I think that Jake's a good complement to that line right now. He's getting in on pucks, creating stalls for them guys. Uh, they're getting opportunities, you know, uh, not as many as I wanted last night, but overall they've been it's been good. Coach, when you talk about your power play, and not to – to beat a dead horse on this one, but unfortunately, it's it's been a topic of conversation. I'm sure it's been a big topic for you guys in the coaches' room and in the dressing room. But how do you how do you proceed with this? You, you obviously can't keep things identical all the time. But how do you work on which guys will be where and maybe changing the mindset? Like you said, you got a bunch of guys maybe that don't want to shoot the puck. How do you change that? Well, we've been moving guys around, and if you look at our power plays. This last segment, I think 10 games, we're fifth in the league in grade A's on it. So that's a good sign. We're getting chances, and they're grade A chances, which is what you want in a power play. So I think we just got to stick with it. You got to just keep banging away at it. Like, um, you know, we put Jake Neighbors in front of that. I think he's done a good job there. Uh, moving guys around here and there. Um, I put Cairo on that unit in that four-minute power play for a bit. So I'm just trying to move guys around, and, um, you know, we just got to keep banging away at it. Eventually, I think they'll start going in if we keep creating those great days. It's fascinating on 101 ESPN. We were chatting with the chief here, Craig Berube, here on 101 ESPN. What is that? Is that one of the messages too for you and the coaching staff? I mean, last night you had you know opportunity one opportunity at the crossbar. You've had plenty of times where you hit the post in a game where it's like, hey, this could be two one or two nothing in our in our advantage, as opposed to you know we're either trailing or even going into the second period. Is that one of your messages uh, as a as a as a coaching staff when you're when you're talking to players where they're not maybe getting the results, but the process is there just to keep on going and stay consistent. Well, it's part of it, and then there's other things that we can do better, too. You know, like uh, Jordan Cairo, eventually he's going to start scoring. He's getting chances. Like, there, he's had a ton of opportunities this year. It's just not going in, but he's got to get on the inside a little bit more. And, <clears throat> excuse me. It's like a lot of our guys, when the puck's not going in the net, you know, you got to do something different. you got to get on the inside a little bit more, create – some chances around the net, third, second, and third opportunities, things like that. Can't be all on the outside. 
Chief, last night, just watching the game in the second period, obviously the Wild came with a huge push. They had the puck in the offensive zone for a large portion of that period. But when you guys did get the puck, it looked like you guys had a tendency of going, you know, side to side with the puck rather than trying to get it up the ice and just, you know, try to create some kind of a forecheck or offensive zone time. You know, what what do you tell the players in that case? How do you help them identify the situation? Well, we got away from our structure. Like, it's it's north, not east-west, you know, and that's north, chip the space, flashing through, creating those opportunities, and we didn't do that. We wanted easy ice last night, and, you know, that that's not, that's not going to work. I mean, you know, there's times that it will work, but for the most part it's not going to work, especially against a team like that. They were dialed in. They were covered over us really well. So you got to chip the space. You got to you got to battle. You know it's going to be one of those games, and and we didn't do that last night, and that's why we got beat. Come back here for one against Buffalo tomorrow night. It's kind of the same. That's not the same identically because last time you had the holiday too before the Nashville game. But to back to our conversation about kind of being on the road, coming back for one, being on the road. Now you're back for one. How do you make sure these guys are ready to go tomorrow night? Because it's a big home game. Yeah, it's a huge home game. Uh, we'll be ready to go. I'm not too worried about that. I think they're back home. They had a day off today. They're rested. They'll be coming out. They'll be rested tomorrow. And, uh, you know, listen, it's just mental right now. It's a mental grind right now. Um, and, you know, each each player's got to understand that, and they got to battle through that grind. Coach, we always appreciate your time and your insights. We thank you, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Have a good rest of your week. You got it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. It's Coach Craig Ruby here in the Fast Lane on 101 at ESPN. Uh, there's always there's always stuff that you know are unearthed or is unearthed when we talk to Chief, and sometimes it's just he, you know he's point blank with it. And, well, it's funny for me how like a lot of times, even myself, I get caught up in the like the walls are caving in. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Chief kind of, it's his job to stay, you know, calm in those situations. But what he's saying does make sense. And he is, I mean, he's obviously correct because, you know, he's got the information at his disposal. But the Blues have led in high danger scoring opportunities in the last 10 games. Now, would it be nice to put them in the net? Of course it would. But it's way worse if you're not getting those opportunities. And they didn't get a high danger chance on that four minute, but still, yeah. you know, sometimes the walls aren't necessarily caving in. It just looks that way sure. or feels that way. Yeah. Uh, it's Jamie Rivers tomorrow night, Blues, Sabres pregame, six o'clock right here on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane, and we have our sports six pack in 15 minutes. So if you want to start sending in your questions to the Air Comfort Service text line at 314 399 9646, again, the uh, sports six pack will be about eh, 15, 20 minutes. I want to talk about this though. This is an interesting question. If if you take away Sonny Gray, who's the most important pitcher for the Cardinals this upcoming season? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Who's the most important pitcher for the Cardinals not named Sonny Gray? Jamie, who's your guy? Wow. I think it's, for me, it's Miles Michaelis. Because what are you? 
Miles Michaelis, are you a number four? Are you number three? Can you punch up get to be a number two? Mm-hmm. Like, he's a guy that, for me, two seasons ago, you were like, yeah, he's a number two. He's a number two. We don't have a you know, Jack Flaherty maybe could be a number one. We don't have an ace. You know, and this going back, like think back. This is what we were saying. Yeah. We didn't get that from Miles Michaelis last year. And mm-hmm. it's not just him. A lot of guys didn't do it. But Miles Michaelis was kind of your your horse that you were leaning on, not named Adam Wainwright. Right. And so I think that the most important guy here is Miles Michaelis, a bounce back. You could easily say Lance Lynn or Kyle Gibson because, you know, they're kind of in the same boat. But Gibby had a pretty good year last year. Mm-hmm. A lot of innings pitched and, and did a pretty good job. Lance Lynn, the only really real downside to him was the home runs he gave up. You know, otherwise he's an innings eater and, and – I'm pretty confident that those two guys are going to be okay, but for me, it's Miles Michaelis. He's my guy. I think yeah. he, he's the most important guy. I, I think I think the answer is Miles Michaelis. I think it has to be. If I were to play devil's advocate, what about Stephen Matz? Just from the standpoint of if I, the guy can stay healthy, I don't. He he is somebody that has pitched well. Yeah, if I've he can stay moved healthy, on, though. or he can be transitioned into the bullpen, and if he's in the pen. Now he strengthens another area that has been a weakness or was a weakness for you last year. Again, I think the answer is Miles Michaelis. For Stephen Math, I've already moved on. We talked about that earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. I've moved on. Zach Thompson, it's his spot to lose now because you're looking at a young guy who, in my opinion, pro- not not probably, I think he has more upside yeah. than Stephen Matz. Certainly cheaper, and he pitched more regularly last year. He was available. How about that? So for me, it's it's his. I don't. I wouldn't say that to the young man. Internally, I'd be thinking it's his spot to lose mm-hmm. because I can't depend on on Stephen Matt. So yeah. I, I don't view him as like a, the most important guy. Can he bolster my bullpen? Yeah, if he's invested. If he's available. If he's available, that's an even better word. Yeah. yeah. So I would agree with that. Marsh, who's your guy? Um, if we're looking at just all of the pitchers. Not specifically in the rotation. I think Ryan Helsley's that guy. Can he stay healthy? And can he pitch more than one day if you need him multiple days in a row? Yeah, that's a good one. And we need the bullpen to be way better than what it was last year. And I think it starts with Ryan Helsley in the back part of your uh, bullpen. Are you guys okay if if the Cardinals go internal options for the pen? We should be because I think that's exactly what they're going to do. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't mind that strategy. I think too too often teams get into trouble when they throw a bunch of money around at at relievers, bullpens, and this this is the case for all bullpens everywhere. They're volatile. From year to year, they can change dramatically. You can have a bullpen that's lights out one one season, and then the following season you can have a lot of the same guys. And the bullpen is crap. The, the the reverse could occur as well. Now, would I be interested in some of the guys that are available? You know, one year deal, two year deal, sure. But the Brett Cecil contract was not just a um, a one off. I think it's a microcosm of a lot of teams getting into trouble when they start shelling out big time bucks for relievers. It soaks up some of your budget. Or some of your your salary allotment, and you just don't know what you're going to get. Plus, they're the most readily available commodity at the at the deadline. You know, there's going to be relievers 
that are going to be available at the deadline. And who's out there? Who's out there that really tickles your fancy? Joe Kelly. Well, yeah, okay, but you know what's he going to command? I don't think much at this point. I mean, maybe, but that's my point. Maybe he commands something higher for like one year. But tell me what you think high is. Um, I don't know. What do what's you your make, definition what do you of a high year? salary for a reliever? Uh-huh. For a Joe Kelly. Uh, let's see what he made last year, so I don't completely talk out of my rear end like I normally do. Um, so last year, let's see here. Last season with the Dodgers, he made three point one mil. The, fo- the 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 previous year, he made seven. I was going to say for a reliever on a one year deal, about seven or eight's too much. So it's too much for Joe Kelly right now. I yeah. love Joe Kelly. I'm a huge fan. You know that. Yeah, you get. But if you if you were to give, give four million, if you were to give Joe Kelly even like five or five five point five, I, I on on a one year deal to come in, a dude that's well liked here, well liked in the clubhouse, and pitches well, and I, I probably have those things flipped. You know, I should have those things flipped. He pitches well, and he's well liked, and he's good in the clubhouse and all yeah. that. I think that would be a perfect fit. That'd be great. It would be great to see if you're interested in bringing back more more former Cardinals. Why don't you oh, add Joe Kelly and sandpaper too? Absolutely for your locker room and for your your pitching mound. Yes, he's not afraid. Now ten now ten mil over like three or four years, you know ten mil a year for over three or four. No, <sighs> how healthy has he been though? Because I feel like he's been injured for like a few times here in the last year or two, like to where you're like he's unavailable. So he missed thirty two days with an arm injury last season. Uh, he also missed 17 days. So it's not games; it's days. Could be, you know figure it out the, the 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 amount of games. 17 due to an elbow injury last year, and also missed some time. Boy, you were right. He missed 15 days with a groin injury, 17 days with an elbow injury, and 32 days with an arm injury. Yeah. So he missed see? some time last year. And he's an an aging player. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's five million anymore. No. I think I'm like, hey, Joe, how about three? Yeah, or four. Yeah, how fine. about three? Three is fine. With some, no, with some incentives. <laughs> I, don't know why I'm, I don't know why I'm like Joe Kelly's agent now. I don't know either, but yeah. with some incentives. I'm in. If you spend this many days not on the IR. Sure. Like, I don't know how you can structure that. I'm sure you can structure almost anything, mm-hmm. but you can earn more money. So if you're not hurt and you can play, you make more money. Right. But if you're hurt, this is the bottom line right here. Otherwise, it's internal options for the cards from, yep. from a bullpen standpoint. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. If you get got a question for us, our Sports 6-Pack is 314-399-9646. Again, 314-399-9646. Our Sports 6-Pack is next. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is now. It's 5 o'clock. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. It's the Fast Lane with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter, and we've got our sports six-pack. 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Question one, please. Question number one. 
All right, from the 302, question for Rivers. The Blues are 0 and 8 when trailing after the first period. How do they overcome this? Clearly, pucks in nets, but that is not working. Probably the best way to overcome it is to not trail after the first. It's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, that's as simple as it's going to be. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward, pretty blunt, pretty honest. Honestly, I think that's what need, you expect. They need Anthony to get in there and, and say, hey, you need to score first. You score first. We get Kyle Hebert over there yeah. to talk to uh, I, the boys. I, I've got an open Jamie. If you want to open up the the uh, the locker room yeah. to me one time, well, I can get yeah, in there. It's my job to open up the locker yeah. room. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You're very important now. Oh, no. No, no I'm not, Anthony. Yeah, you open uh, it up. I'll, I'll get in there. I'll start talking about scoring, the importance of scoring first, and of course, clearing it. Anthony, I don't know if Jamie has that kind of pull. I mean, he is getting off last when he's on the airplane. No, not last. JR is. I get off the plane oh, yeah. after the players. Yeah, so that's, gotcha. a, big, that's a big deal. Yeah. He's still a big deal down there. And last night, I will say, I got off the plane before half the players did. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like you, honestly. Well, I just I'd had enough. Like, that exactly that sounds like you i just was like they were taking their time i could see you sitting like, there i was like no nah, i'm good and you just saying screw it i'm just gonna go get off this plane sorry boys i put my time in i got more games played than most of those guys you do so we'll yeah. be fine yeah we'll be fine down on the I ice didn't, i didn't slow them down at all they're fine nice question number two all right from the 636 let's say a superstar athlete is wanting to be wined and dined to come to st louis for whatever team where are you taking them for breakfast lunch dinner and then out for drinks let's say for the sake of science it's connor bedard or yamamoto okay Jamie, I feel like you'd be better at this than i would oh really why do you say that anthony because you have been to every place been quite a few um, I do love the hill for dinner. So yeah, well, there's, there's a lot of places. Uh, I'm pulling up this one because I always screw up. I'm a big Favazas fan. Yeah, you can't go wrong with anything. They're incredible. On, you can't go wrong with anything on the on the hill for sure. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm starting with a brunch, and it's at Casa Don Alfonso at the Ritz Carlton. There you go. It's unbelievable. I mean, the spread is fantastic. The food is great. The service is amazing. And you know, a little mimosa out mm. there too. We're gonna lighten things up. A little mimosa. Got this massive brunch that you can partake in. That's stop number one. Maybe mm. go to the hill for a late lunch then. Sure. You know, because you want to make sure that there's room for dinner later. But dinner's gonna carry into the nightlife a little bit. Because you want to, if you're whining and dining, like sure. You're really doing it up here, right? Yep. So I do a lunch maybe on the hill. We'll go to your place, Favaz. Thank you. Want to show them everything down yeah. there, and this is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And then come nighttime, we're going into Clayton. We're going back into the Clayton okay. area. Mm. Uh, so many great places. Tony's Steakhouse is awesome. Like, it depends on what level of free agent we're whining and dining mm. here, okay? If it's Otani, we're calling ahead. We're going to talk to my buddy at Tony's. We're going to get a nice table downstairs. But we're going to reserve a table upstairs, too, for post-dinner drinks. Mm. Upstairs got a little more action to it, some music, some things going on. Mm, 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 mm. And then... Depending on uh, the player's personal life, mm-hmm. are they married? Are they single? Yeah, good you questions. Know, who yeah. knows, right? If they're married, going back to the Ritz Carlton for cocktails in the lobby bar mm-hmm. is always a great thing. They got the band going; they're making great cocktails over there. It's an unbelievable time. If spot. they're single, maybe we head over to Cafe Napoli 
and have a cocktail over there because the atmosphere, the dinner crowd's kind of leaving. Right. And the after dinner crowd's definitely coming in and um, available people are there. The beautiful people are there, basically, mm. you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's mm. kind of your night. There you go. What about like- Right on, Jamie, right on. There you go, Janet. She knows. Yeah. Uh, 360 is not a bad spot, too. No, 360 is good, but what it does is kind of takes you out of the area. Like, I like the Clayton mm-hmm. area ish yeah. because you got so many different places you can kind of yeah, good frequent. So, if sure. one area is not working, you've got others, mm-hmm. you know? I like Louis it. Louis Dumont is also a really good little spot. A little hole in the wall. Unbelievable food, great atmosphere. You know, if you're to go out. That a boy. No offense to any of those places, but I don't know if this this particular free agent signs because in nowhere in that itinerary was visiting the free zoo. Oh, it was after the hill. Okay. That's right. It's close proximity. I'm yeah. sorry I left that out, but mm-hmm. after the hill, you got a little bit of the pasta, the great yeah. Italian food. You, you go walk it walk off a little bit. a little bit, absolutely. Yeah. Check in on the big cats. Yeah, you call ahead, get them a little free tour behind the mm-hmm. scenes a little bit because, you know, this is what we're doing. We're going to show mm-hmm. them. Yeah. can't miss. Especially if they're married or they got some kids. For sure. Hey, Otani's calling right now. I can I can feel Absolutely. it. Absolutely. The free smells. Yeah. Hey, kids. You, That's in the penguin you Like penguins? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, they smell good. They do. <laughs> Question number three. <laughs> uh, we were talking about Justin Fields earlier in uh, Are You Sold? Uh, a follow-up question from the same texter from the 618. If Justin Fields isn't the guy... Do you trust uh, drafting Caleb Williams number one overall? No, that's the that's the that's the soft part. That's the soft part for the Bears. <laughs> because if they move Don't on from screw it up. If they move on from Justin Fields, you do you're, you're you're taking Caleb Williams. Is Caleb Williams a generational talent, or is he a generational talent with a lot of question marks? Because you know some of the off fields. I don't even know if they're demands, but, you know, requirements or I don't care that the kid cried after the one loss, but I, I do wonder if he's a bit of a front runner based on, you know, the one, the one loss. I don't know. I forgot, I forgot who USC lost to at the end. Was it Washington? Didn't talk. No, Washington was the, the game he cried. I don't know. There's another game where he didn't, he didn't speak to the media afterwards. He was scheduled to. I just... I wonder if things are going great. We see Caleb Williams a lot. When things aren't going his way, there's, you know, he's nowhere to be found. Yeah, it's not a bad. He's not the only. He's not the only quarterback that has done that. It's not a bad comment by you. Uh, you know, I had a lot of thoughts on the whole situation following Caleb Williams, like crying in his mom's arms, or what appeared to be, because right. we don't know for sure. Looked like it, but mm-hmm. whatever. Some of these kids are under a tremendous amount of pressure at yeah. such a young age. The Heisman Trophy is such a massive cloud that mm-hmm. looms over. So, you know, I look at it one of two ways. Either that, you know, I feel like, okay, that kid can't handle it, or, okay, that kid knows what it feels like. Let's see how he go- Let's see where he goes from here. Sure. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just... I, everybody has that moment, Anthony. Uh, right, absolutely. In their professional life, you have that moment when, like, for, for fortunately, a lot of us... 
can do it it's in the public. confines of our own home. Yeah, it's not public. You're right. You're sitting in your bedroom or your hotel room and you just break down. You call mom, dad, your wife, your girlfriend, your brother, like whatever it is, mm-hmm. and you just have that moment. It's not on national TV as a Heisman Trophy kid. And then have it picked apart and right? you're right. But then how about the businessmen who fail and cry and go bankrupt and then friggin' boom, turn the corner and away they go and they're billionaires, but nobody talks about, oh, that guy crumbled way back when. Yeah, he right. did. He learned what his rock bottom was and now look at him. Yeah. So I don't know if it's the same or... I it's a fine line. It is a fine line. I, I can't help but think think about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, did, you know, he, he wasn't in a spot where he cried and all that stuff, but he was benched. I mean, this we're talking about a freshman quarterback at Alabama that led them to a national championship the year before, and he's benched a year later in the middle of the game. It goes into halftime. They're losing to Georgia. Jalen Hurts is benched for Tua. Tua goes in. He leads Alabama back, they get into overtime, and they wind up winning the game. The first player off the sidelines who had been rooting for Tua the entire time, first player was Jalen Hurts off the sideline into Tua. And then that kid stayed. He competed. He wanted to graduate from Alabama. He wanted that. So he stays, and he competes with Tua. And lo and behold, in the SEC championship game, Tua's a little banged up, struggling, and Jalen Hurts is the one to go into the SEC title game and win it for Bama and send them to send them back to the title game or the playoffs. Then he transfers to Oklahoma because he still feels like I'm a starter. I've got unfinished business, so he goes so like. What do you do when when things are pushed against you? You know, when you have failures, what do you do? How do you act? I, I I think it's a fine line, because Jamie, because you bring up the human element, and I think that's important. How do you how do you respond? Uh, and I just I, I'm the biggest Jalen Hurts fan because of that. And I'm not saying I'll root against Caleb Williams or all that, but you know, because he is a gener- he might be a once in a generational talent. But that is a good question about the Bears. I don't know. Question number four. I know he can't throw though. <laughs> <laughs> Consistently. Uh, from three one four, who has a better top prospects in the pipeline for 2024-2025? Is it the blues or is it the cards? Ooh. Well, the blues have quite a few prospects right now uh, that are notable. I think it's the blues, because the Cardinals' top prospects are up. Yeah, are they though those pitching prospects that they Right. That they have, like McGreevy, Graceffo, those guys are still prospects. And mm-hmm. all the arms they picked up at the deadline. Yeah. But I'm losing. But if I'm, if I'm arguing for the Cardinals, I've I've already lost, I've lost Walker. I lost, I lost Mason Wynn. I lost Gorman. Like, those, yeah. guys, those guys are already up. I can't count them as prospects. You're right. And I think there's a larger gap between the, the next guy for the Cardinals and... The next guy for the Blues, and we don't really know when like those or Dvorsky, those yeah. players He's are going to make really an, well right an now, impact right. on on the team. I think it's I think it's the Blues too. Yeah, just because I feel like they will need some of those prospects to to show up next season. Um, just because we're talking about the Blues, I, Brandon Kylie, we were talking about his comments from earlier today on his show. We we played them. Uh, Kylie, I. I he didn't ask me to do this. I'm just doing this on my own. But, you know, he, he texted me and said, hey, I uh, missed the segment earlier just to clear up a few things because I, I think it was lost in the cut. One, they've been better than I expected, the Blues. And this is the this is in reference to the Blues. Maybe not, um, you know, you're not invested in them. You don't feel invested right now into this specific team. So they've been better than I expected. That's, that's why I don't understand why I feel this way. 
I feel this year the way many did about the cards in the 2017-22 malaise. They just aren't interesting. Lack of stars, lack of long-term talent, lack of personality. Uh, I want I want to buy into this team, but right now I don't feel compelled to. I I think that's, that's reasonable. I think that's reasonable. I think that's fair. I think it also plays into what we talked about about what what else is on right now. But I also feel like it's personal preference too. Sure. Right. Yeah. And, Stylistically, yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. Like this isn't like singling out BK. It's just anybody. Anybody who's watching the Blues, if you're a fan that expects certain things and you're not seeing them or you're not compelled by this certain player or whatever's going on like it's everybody sees something different yeah and likes something different so it depends on who you are and what you're looking for and whether you're going to be invested so to say or compelled by what's going on right so i get it question Forgive number you, five <laughs> Uh, from the 217, if I come to the podcast tonight, what bourbon cocktail do you recommend? And is Donnie buying with his new contract? Well, of course Donnie's buying. Yeah, um, he's got that's, to. I mean, that's a given. Mm-hmm. And what cocktail? So here's the way I like my favorite bourbon cocktail, apart from it just being straight up, is um, the Old Fashioned. Now, when I order the Old Fashioned, I tell them go light on the syrup. So it's you not know too why? sugary. Yeah. yeah but, well, bourbon and whiskey already—they—they've already—they've got sugar. Dep- yeah, and some more so than others, depending yeah. on the barrel, depending on you know whatever that right. is. But I, I wanted when I drink a cocktail, I want it to feel like I'm drinking an adult cocktail. I don't need a kitty cocktail. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't mm-hmm. need a Shirley Temple in my hands that right. I'm paying twenty dollars for, and I'm like, this is what is it's this? A margarita. Yeah. Well, I'm okay with the margarita, <laughs> but. Yeah, so I ordered the old fashioned and tell them light on the syrup. And that way you get a little get a little yeah. bite of the bourbon too. You still get a little bit of the sweetness. You're like, yeah. oh yeah, I feel like a big boy now. I like that combo <laughs> where yeah, it's a little sweet at first and then it you know or, yeah. or you know, there's a little bit of a burn and then, then there's a sweet finish. There's a lot of good whiskeys. I'm with you. Thanks, Jamie. I was talking about the drinks. <laughs> Question number six. All right, final question for you two from the 314. Would the addition of Tyler Glasnow make the Cards a clear division favorite regardless of what the Cubs do in this uh, this offseason? No, not to... (laughs) No, because I don't know what the Cubs are going to do. I understand the, the in the spirit of the question... I think you'd say, yeah, because they, they've made the most moves. But if the Cubs bring in Yamamoto or they bring in Shohei Otani, you're telling me the Cubs wouldn't be the, the clear favorites? Or if they bring back Bellinger and also, uh, you know, add Shohei or something, that's uh, they would be the favorites. Of course. Um, but adding Glassnell certainly would give the Cardinals the leg up for the time being. We have proved me wrong in 15 minutes. So get your proved me wrongs into 314-399-9646. Again, prove me wrong statements. That's where you throw out a statement and Jamie and I have to prove you wrong in the court of law, in Marshy's court of law. So prove me wrong statements, 314-399-9646. You got 15 minutes. We'll do prove me wrong at the bottom of the hour. What we have coming up next is NFL. Who do you trust more? And these are just trap questions, I think, oh. for Marsh. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Don't forget to get your Prove Me Wrongs in at 314-399-9646. We'll do that in about 10 minutes. NFL, who do you trust more? So this is Marsh throwing together some teams, and we have to discuss who we trust more, Jamie. Okay. This could be dangerous. What do you got, Marsh? All right, let's start off the first two teams. Who do you have more trust in, Jacksonville or Miami? Wow. I mean, that's a perfect one right out of the gates. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Miami. We know what they are offensively. Mike McDaniel knows what they are offensively. He knows that with that offensive line, two has got a it's really a three step or five step drop game. Tyree kills explosive. Jalen Waddle, uh, outstanding compliment. You know they're running the ball well with Raheem Mozart, and they they got Devon Achan back at least for a, a second there before he got re-injured. But I imagine he'll be ready to go again. And the defense has improved. Yeah. So. I think from a trustworthy standpoint, I feel like I know the Dolphins more than I know the Jags, although I do like the Jaguars. I, I've got them, I think, what, seventh in my Stalter stack up. I like the talent there, but I just they haven't been as consistent as they were in the second half last year. For me, it's the Dolphins. When I look at the seasons, everybody likes to harp about how the Dolphins, oh, they haven't beat anybody really that good, right? Yeah. Neither the Jaguars. The Jaguars have beat the Bills. That's the biggest win on their Slate. Like, they beat the Texans. I know the Texans have been punching up this year. Mm-hmm. That's but, a divisional game. They already split because they lost one, too. But it's fine. Like yeah. It's it's, it's right. a fine win. It's yeah. not like it's a massive win. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat the Colts. They beat the Falcons. No offense, Anthony. Yeah, it's a first-place Falcons. Like, you put some respect on they that. They don't have any, like, epic wins this year. So yeah. that puts them in the same category-ish with the Dolphins. And then when I look at the rosters, the Dolphins from here are better. Agreed. Next two teams, Buffalo or Houston? Wow. I'm still, uh, Anthony, I'll go first. I'm still going to side with the Bills on this one. I still think that there's more there. Give me next year, come and talk to me, and it might be the Texans because they're right there. And I know their record is 6-5 and and the Bills are 6-6 and right now. But I just don't think the Texans are a better team than the Bills right now. I still I still think they're better. Who do you trust, though? If I have to put my money on it in yeah. a game, like, if like, they're playing each other. If they're playing each other. I'm betting on the Bills. And and, and it's a spread. Like, I wonder what the spread would be in well, that no, game. Well, no, you didn't. That, that question doesn't have a spread attached to it. Who do you trust more? Well, with the odds of minus 3.7 that you trust them more. No. The, uh, it's I who actually, do you trust more? So put them head to head then, Anthony. You can yell at me all you want. I'm not yelling. My statement stands, Jamie. Who do you trust more to cash to cash that in? Like, let's say the Bills are laying, I don't know, four and a half points. Who the hell would, would give you them four and a half points right now? Would just the Texans. T- I'm just but saying. honestly, I feel the Texans would probably be favored in Vegas because their record's better. So I asked what the spread would be. Who cares? Straight up, I'm money going. line. Bet five bucks, get 150 back at <laughs> FanDuel, America's number one sports book. FanDuel.com/slash/fast. <laughs> I'm going to go with Houston. Oh, of course you are. I'm going to go with Houston on this one. Uh, C.J. Stroud is, is still playing out of his mind, although I thought he looked more like a rookie last week than he has in, in previous weeks. So uh, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Houston. Josh Allen, I thought he played phenomenal in, in Philadelphia. He also did throw an interception that turned the complete game around for the Eagles. Oh, cherry pick. He's a turnover machine, Jamie. <laughs> turnover. He's Jared Goff the last two weeks only. He's done it. <laughs> He's done it since week one. 
of like his rookie year. So uh, give me the Texans. All right, next two teams, Denver or the Los Angeles Chargers? Oh, Denver. A hundred percent. Which is crazy. It's crazy to think that, but Denver has turned. Sean Payton knows what he has. It took him a little while. It took him about a month and a half, but he has figured it out. He knows exactly what he has and what he doesn't have, quite frankly. The Chargers, I feel like, are that team that they're, they're the, quite frankly, they're the least trustworthy team oh, of God. the ones that aren't like, you know, the... Uh, the Panthers. Or you somebody. offer me any kind of a bet with the Chargers attached to it, I'm declining. Because I don't know what they are. You right. offer me a bet that, A, they'll lose, they might blow the doors off of somebody. You offer me one that they're going to win, they might get killed. So I'm no, I'm yeah. not, I'm out. No, thank you. I don't trust them at all. Yeah, give me the Broncos. Next two teams, who do you have more trust in, Dallas or Detroit? <sighs> wow. <laughs> Comes down to coaching for me. Lions, all the way. Mike McCarthy gets no respect. Why should he? The hell has he ever done? Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Depart from that. I love how you did that and then you looked away. I know. It only works if people on YouTube are watching. Everyone's like, that river's an idiot. (laughs) This is a show that needs the YouTube. It does. Um, Who do I trust more, Dallas or Detroit? Oh, boy. I'm going to cherry pick. I'm going to go Dallas right now because Jared Goff, Jared Goff has been terrible the last two weeks. And that defense for Detroit has, is, is getting steadily worse too. So give me Dallas. Dallas hasn't beaten anybody ever since they kicked you off the bandwagon. Look at you. You spiteful son of a Jamie, you know this about me though. I know this is one of the most, one of the only consistent aspects about me. So give me the, (laughs) Give me the Cowboys. Dak Prescott's playing great. There's way more. (laughs) Next two teams. Give me the boys. Uh, (laughs) New Orleans or the Los Angeles Rams? I trust the Rams more. If they have Matthew Stafford, I at least know that I I would have a shot. The Saints are... I mean, Derek... Was that not a Derek Carr game on Sunday? Was that not a Derek Carr game? Take a look at their season. Over 300 yards passing. You let, if you just looked at the box score, these are the, the people that just look at box scores will look at Derek Carr and tell you dead in the face and have conviction behind it that Derek Carr is a really good quarterback. He's not. He, he stacks up yards. He stacks up, you know, decent numbers. And then you look at it, and they settled for five field goals in Atlanta. 300 yards passing. It kept hitting Chris Olave, and the moment they got in the red zone, dude can't play. That's Derek Carr. He's not worth whatever they're paying him. I'd rather have, and and I, this is... At the start of the year, maybe people not would, would knock me for it. I don't know if they do now. I'd rather have Kirk Cousins. Hey! I would. Kirk's, Kirk can put some hollow numbers in there, too, but he'll win. Even with a torn Achilles? Yes. No. Mm. No. But uh, I, don't th- I, just, I don't trust the Saints at all. Well, Anthony, you mentioned the Vikings. These last two teams, Seattle or Minnesota. Minnesota. Which NFL team do you trust more? Minnesota. Absolutely. <laughs> Defense, defense is uh, what's the other team? 
I was going to say Minnesota. Seattle. What. Oh, yeah, Seattle. I've, been, I've, I've called Seattle smoke and mirrors from week one. I'm not going to back down on that. And even though Josh, Joshua Dobbs threw four interceptions on uh, Monday night, not all his fault. There were some tips and stuff in there. He's still uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks known to man. And this Minnesota Vikings team, after the bye, they're going to figure things out. Probably going to win out. Skull, baby. Yeah, I'll go with the Vikings. I'm there with you. I Here's all you them. need. Here's all you need to know about Seattle. Dallas, right? They haven't beaten anybody yet this year. And there's been no like quality wins to use a college football term on Dallas's resume. Mm. They're an eight and a half point favorite against Seattle tomorrow. Tomorrow night, eight and a half against a Seattle team that's six and five, and still still firmly in the wild card race. That everybody thinks like, oh, Seattle's pretty good. Eight and a half point underdog against Dallas. That should tell you everything you know about the old Seahawks and the Vikings and Marsh's team probably going to the Super Bowl. Oh, boy. Prove me wrong next on 101 ESPN. I'd fight him. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Marshy, time for Prove Me Wrong. This is where Jamie and I enter Marsh's courtroom, and uh, you have an opportunity to state your, your case. Jamie and I will attempt to prove you wrong. Here we All go. Right. All right. Uh, by the way, Dan and I got zero. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we scored a zero last week because I don't zero think. Point zero. I don't think our guy Danny Mac got the concept nor cared. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally see that. <laughs> you kept arguing, he kept against, arguing against the point. Yeah. Oh, or arguing for the point. For the point. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Dan. Uh, all right. We'll start off with a fun one here from John Fozalock, who usually send us, he sends us mic drops. Uh, today, he texted us the Air Comfort Service text line. Wow. John Fozalock, prove me wrong. There's no need for a winter coat, regardless of the temp. When you have on an undershirt, a long sleeve button down dress shirt, and a cashmere sweater vest, and a sports coat with a cute scarf for the neck. Okay, let me tell you something. You obviously haven't been to Winnipeg mm. on in Manitoba anytime here recently, or Calgary, where there was a foot of snow on the ground. Or, or how Siberia. About, well, Siberia is certainly a great example, yeah. Anthony. How about eight degrees is what I woke up to yesterday in St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm. I tried to attack... Uh, said situation with dress coat on and foofy little scarf and mm. whatnot. I quickly returned to my hotel room to get my overcoat and a hat, and I was like, <laughs> no way I'm going out there without this. So, yeah, you are 100% wrong. You absolutely have to prepare for the elements. It's not the look. It's being effective when it's that cold. Uh, coming from someone who went to school in North Dakota, which is not too far away from Winnipeg, uh, I will have to. I will have to agree with that. The simple fact that the school that I attended had tunnels yes. to go to class <laughs> wow. because of how cold it was. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No DAC, Anthony. That's what they call it. No, no DAC. Yeah. From the 314, prove like me Prescott. wrong. Correct. Okay. Mm, no, I know. I certainly don't. Uh, from the 314, <laughs> prove me wrong. Joe Burrow is overrated. He's missed a vast majority of two out of four seasons. 
You mean Joe, the Joe Burrow that got the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals, to the Super Bowl and multiple AFC Championship games? That Joe, that Joe Burrow. The one that took the Bengals, one of the most downtrodden teams in the history of the NFL. He got that team to multiple AFC Championship games and and nearly won the Super Bowl. That bro. Come on, man. Yes, he's been hurt. One wasn't his fault. His offensive line uh, should have been taken a taken to jail his rookie year for the amount of boot abuse that uh, they, they they levied against Joe Burrow the, his rookie year when he tore his knee and then this past season a fluke injury it's not like he's been dealing with the same injury he's just plus he gutted out the 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 calf injury earlier this year just stop it with your overrated how's Jake Browning look thus far same team right same team Jake Browning not too good I rest my case enough said from the well done honor your honor <laughs> yeah well you hold on now you don't want to you know be don't be bribing me here. now uh from the 618 of the mid uh of the major professional sports there is not a player that has dominated their sport as much as wayne gretzky has dominated hockey prove me wrong okay let's think about this this might be the toughest one we've ever done Last time I checked, there was a golfer named Tiger Woods that dominated his sport to the tune of 82 PGA Tour championships, tied for first all-time. 41 victories in the European Tour, third all-time. Masters tournaments, not one, not two, not three, not four, but five Masters tournaments for Tiger. Not one, not two, not three, not f- but four PGA championships. Three U.S. Opens, three Open Championships, 15 victories. Majors, we're talking about. Majors. World Golf Hall of Fame, 2021. Absolute dominance from Tiger Woods for decades. This is somebody that was bred to play golf, Jamie. Eldrick. Tiger Woods dominated his sport just as much if not more than Wayne Gretzky wow until he took the iron off his dome that was different though it was a different issue (laughs) slightly man this is tough I mean you have Wayne Gretzky who holds records that will most likely not be broken maybe Ovechkin does it he probably will probably won't have you seen him lately that's fair um Tiger Woods did play in the new age of golf. Yeah. Gretzky did not play in this new age no. of hockey. Very true. Very tough. Um, guys, I think it's a hung jury. Thank you. I think it's a hung jury. You're not a part of the jury. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'll take it. Yeah, you will. I think it's a hung jury. <laughs> I'm not a part of the jury either. <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> Uh, from the oh, you really got yourself on that one, didn't you? <laughs> You're over there laughing. Really got yourself, didn't you, Jim? Really liked that one. Let's have a little bit. It's small things, Anthony. You know. Uh, from the six one eight, prove me wrong. But for all cards fans, it would be kind of fun 
seeing Shohei Otani in a Cubs uniform good for the rivalry? No. No. <laughs> it would not be fun at all because I love the birds on the bat and I don't care. I want the deck stacked in my favor. I don't want to have to be dealing with a guy that hits home runs every third at bat. I don't want to deal with a guy that shoves it up the you-know-what every five days when he gets the ball on the bump. No, it's not good for the rivalry at all. In fact, it makes me more angry than anything at all. No, it's not good. Joey Otani, sign somewhere else. L.A., New York, stay out of the Midwest. It's not good for any rivalry. sucks because they'll probably be way better then. I think it would be good for the rivalry, but rivalries are only good if both teams are winning. Uh-huh. And if Shohei Otani is on the Cubs, I do not see the Cardinals winning. That's my point. Compared to uh, maybe how they were in years prior. So I agree with Jamie. Yes. Here we go. All right. Does that do it, or do you want to do one more, Marsh? Up to you. You taking on one more case today or no? I think... Uh, I think we'll do one more real All quick right. from the 314. Prove me wrong. Jordan Montgomery's increased success in Texas was due to the help of Mike Maddox, similar to when he came over from New York. Jamie, you got to go, right? You're you got to get to yeah, the. I gotta pack yeah, go. yeah. Jamie's yeah. got you know what? I, I shouldn't have. Yeah, we'll get to this. Uh, yeah, we'll it, get to that. It'll be a carryover. Yeah, like, Jamie. Yeah. Next week, next uh, month. Yeah, sure. Jamie's at Twin Peaks in next Maplewood. Year. Um, right tonight. Now. Yeah, well, you got to go. 15 go. minutes. Uh, with Donnie, so yeah. last minute Blues podcast. Yeah, I got to go, guys. Sorry. The great, uh, great Jamie, question, though. Yeah, great the question. Is dismissed. We'll certainly get to that <laughs> at some point uh, in the near fu- in the near future. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, we'll see you tomorrow, buddy. Thank you. See All you right. Guys. Uh, we, uh, we'll wrap up the show next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. anything from today's show you can download the podcast at 101 espn.com your 101 espn mobile app mobile app is 100 free make sure you're downloading it and download our podcast all brought to you by dobbs tire and auto centers hey jamie back for the full show in studio today always love seeing him in the uh studio we talked about blues loss of the wilds talked about sunny gray what does it mean that his contract was backloaded played are you sold talked about the college football playoff and I outlines what I think is going to happen this weekend. Jamie tossed in his upset pick for this weekend. I did the same. Marsh kind of got on the same board with us, uh, at least one of us. We played who do you trust more out of these out of certain NFL teams and uh, played a very spirited prove me wrong as well. Oh, and also talked about the, the, the Blues and why some people are having a hard time kind of buying completely into the Blues this season at least to this point. Marsh, what do we got for criticisms and compliments? Yeah, you mentioned earlier that uh, BK texted you wanting to clear some, thi- or clear some things up. Uh, we got a text from the 636. The fact that BK is texting about the show after his segment is over shows how much of a sports fan he is, and you all are. Love that. Yeah, BK BK will listen. I feel like he listens to the... In one, in one 
shape or form, he listens to the the entire station. You know, I don't know if it's live all the time or he goes back and listens to the podcast, but absolutely. Yeah, we're sports nuts. We got a text from Mike who was called out by Kyle after Kyle's gauntlet win today. Uh-oh. Kyle called him out, and Mike texted in, Hey, Kyle, me versus you in studio. Let's go. Make it happen, Marsh. Wow. We we talked about it. We might do that. Mm-hmm. If... We have one. We have one more contestant tomorrow in the second round. Yes. If Kyle and Mike both advance to like a sudden death, maybe we'll have both you guys in. You guys just play each other for the championship. Because at that point, you guys would have gotten through all of us. So no sense in forcing you guys to play us again. But we'll see. We'll see how the we'll see how it plays out. On the YouTube chat, Jamie was active in the YouTube chat today, and someone someone called out ribs taking shots at jamie and jamie clapped back at him dan had rivers back he said another solid check from rivers and then chris chimed in and said he still got it jamie absolutely yeah don't uh don't mess around with jamie especially gonna check you into the wall man i wonder what that would feel like because obviously me and you didn't play no any professional sport whatsoever Mm -hmm. but just taking a hit whether that's football or hockey at full speed professional level yeah no i'm good do you remember that show called f41 i'm good joe's or pros versus joe's or something i don't remember pros versus joe but i do remember the american gladiators like the original american gladiators which they did a a documentary on oh i watched it on netflix was good I, so I, I kind of grew up with a lot of those, the, the original cast. Yeah. I used to love that show. Having no idea, obviously, what they all went yeah, through, not, not being paid that much. I never thought about them being beat up, too, because mm-hmm. you think, you know, they're all in phenomenal shape, maybe maybe a little chemically enhanced shape, but <laughs> maybe they, they were all they were all jacked. I never thought about them taking yeah. a physical beating because they, they would tape like six shows in one day. Right. Wait, did they? Oh, yeah. At one point, they said they would tape. Maybe it wasn't six, but they'd tape like well, more three than one shows in one day. Yeah, so they would just over and over and over again. Anyways, uh, but I remember that. Speaking of documentaries, I just watched Bye Bye Barry. The, the Barry night. Sanders one. I haven't so seen it yet. Good. It's really good. Oh, you should watch it. Yeah. It's really good. Like, do you know the reason why he left? Or is that still kind of fuzzy for you? For me, it was because he was tired of he was tired of losing. Yeah, they kind of get into that in the documentary. I thought it was I thought it was interesting, especially for me being someone who was not a part of that era. I never knew or watched Barry Sanders play, so I didn't really know what he was about. But I always knew who he was. Mm -hmm. So looking at the highlights that are in the doc. This guy was insane. Oh, was I don't know how he... I mean, he could stop on a dime mm-hmm. and change direction. Yeah. And the fact that he played on the Lions, I feel so bad for the guy. He was unbelievable. Meanwhile, Emmett Smith is winning Super Bowls in Dallas. Behind that old line. Yeah. Um, I I don't want to do the whole, you know, oh, you get back in my day thing. Yeah. Barry Sanders is one of those players, though, that tr- just transcends... Every, he, could play, he could play now. Oh, yeah. You know? The, the, I would love if he played right now. In his prime, Barry yeah. Sanders now. He he would have been an absolute superstar and just quiet, unassuming, as mm-hmm. I'm sure the documentary gets into. Yeah. Uh, but he was remarkable. Super humble dude. I can't even compare anybody to him right now. 
No, that's the, how that's how unique he was. The way I'm telling you, like from the highlights, my first time really seeing him play, I was like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. this guy must have been electric to watch back in the day. Yeah, he was. He absolutely was. I love watching Barry Sanders. All right, uh, that'll do it for us here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. We've got, I believe, instant replay uh, that's coming up tonight. Maybe maybe a Blues instant replay show from 6 to 7. That's right, Blues instant replay. And uh, if you're heading down to see Donnie and Jamie, hope you have a great time. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock for Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.